Hello, everybody, and welcome to an interseason episode of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers, and joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stockton. What if I told you that Jack, Tim, and I made a wager? A kind of standing bet for the souls of all sequels. Oh, we kind of did. We did. That's pretty much how this worked. Yeah, entirely. <laughs> Especially when it was competitive back in the early days of Sequelizers. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting for the souls of the sequels. Yeah. We learned it's much more efficient if we all fight for one target together, yeah, and yeah. then we win. Te- teaming up is much, much more efficient. Yeah. And speaking of teamwork, joining Matthew and I, it's Tim Matum. What if I told you that Jack and the Stogden made a wager, a kind of standing bet for the souls of every sequel? <laughs> oh my god, this is the first? Oh my god. Oh. You guys have nearly crossed over a couple of times. I know you guys have had done like the eyes across oh, the room. Near like, misses, yeah. I'm yeah. doing the, mm, are you doing the, are you doing the, yeah. the line? I'm doing the line, mm-hmm. you're doing the line. Yeah, Ooh, actually, oh my it. god! I, I would say that um, we crossed the streams. We did. So <laughs> who knows what? The stream. Who knows Touch what's going to happen this time? <laughs> oh my god! But I would say that my backup was going to be this is Chambers, Jack Chambers, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Chambers, asshole worked quite well. Yeah. Jack Chambers apostrophe asshole. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chambers is quite worrying there because it could be possessive. <laughs> yeah, could be Jack Chambers asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on this episode is another edition of the sequel we would like to see, and we're in fact delving back into the early, well, the mid, early mid-2000s, and talking about the Keanu Reeves vehicle that is Constantine, and we'd like to see a sequel to that. Because it's kind of topical, right? Because Very. there's noises being made. Noise, is, noise has been made for like the last 10 years, but yeah. it's really picked up because obviously Matrix Resurrections came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots more people are interviewing Keanu Reeves. Like, Another keanu sense. Oh, yeah. There's the whole like, oh, is it cool to be back playing Neo again after 20 years? Mm. Is there another character you would like to play again? Was the mm. basal setup for this? And he was just like, yeah, I want to play John Constantine again. It's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, so well, he time said, to do an episode, boys. Yeah, he said, <laughs> don't ask that question because there's always a thing I'll say and people will say, no, you can't do it. And so then Stephen Colbert said, well, what is it? I want to play John Constantine again. And then the audience went, yeah. <laughs> As if the audience gave a shit about Constantine. Well, I think it's, it's one of those films that was very much of the, it was DVD era. Mm, and mm-hmm. also, I, there, there was a point when it came back onto Netflix, possibly in America, but I just saw a lot of it was it was like it came back on and that weekend everybody was like, Oh, that's on. I'll watch that. And yeah. it, and, and it, it felt is currently like my, on Netflix as yeah. we speak. At it, but the time it, of recording. it felt like my Twitter stream was just like people going, like, Yeah, this film was really good. Yeah. It um, moved the needle enough for people to go, Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we delve into 2005's Constantine and potential sequels we'd like to see, let's give a lovely little shout out to our executive producers and all of the lovely people who support us. On patreon.com slash sequelizers. Yeah, into the light I command thee, you fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Into the Patreon I command thee. (laughs) Into the Patreon I command thee. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's just just bullying our listeners into paying money for the podcast. Yeah, capitalism. (laughs) Yay, capitalism. That's the lesson we learned from Constantine, right? Yay, capitalism. Yeah, you can't see this, listeners, but Matt has a tattoo of like... 
half of the sequelizer's logo on each of his forearms and he's forcing them together. <laughs> and when they merge, I just peel my sort of uh, my forearms and it makes that a small pound sign. Nice. And say, ah, money. Well, if you would like ad-free episodes, speaking of capitalism, and early access to the episodes and bonus, fully exclusive, full episodes during the end seasons and outtakes during the main seasons, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can support us at various different tiers. You can get exclusive merch discounts on merch and if you go up to the two highest tiers you can become an executive producer you can get an avatar drawn uh, do you see the little like artwork we have for the main seasons of our mm. little faces and various styles and stuff Beautiful. you could have one of your own done by our very own john scarrett and if you're on our discord you probably see some of the executive producers lurking there with their little customized avatars and stuff so if you they're, want to... they're not lurking they're very vocal they're, they're oh, pretty yeah. active yeah yeah that is very true of course, our executive producers get shout-outs on the show, as I will give in a second. And they get to pick episodes for us to fix in the main seasons and topics for us to discuss in the end season, which we'll be getting to in a couple of episodes' time. So we will be touching on a few interesting topics this end season, for sure. But I, I like that we always kick off with sequels we'd like to see. Yeah, but yeah it's we'll... a nice early start of us celebrating mm. something that might not uh, yes, have a platform. Exactly, After exactly. a season of dredging through shit. Yes. <laughs> Get to talk about a film we like. Andy exactly. Dufresne, trawling through miles of shit <laughs> to do sequels I want to see. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But before we get to the sequel we'd like to see, before we get to the Patreon picks later on in the end season, let's give a little shout out to the lovely executive producers. Michael Belcher. This is Kramer. Chaz Kramer, asshole. Jonathan Firth Clark. Hello, John. Josh van der Sluis. If sweet, sweet God loves you so, then I'll make you worthy of his love. James McDowell. Red dress. Xenos. When I was a kid, I could see things. Things humans aren't supposed to see. Mike Salvia. You know the rules of my house. While here, you will abide by them. Josh Miles. Look, I've heard your name around the precinct. I know the circles you travel in, the occult, demonology, exorcisms. And we have two new executive producers joining us for this interseason. Goddamn! It's the first time we've had two join at the same time yeah. for, for a new episode, right? This is our, it is, yeah. Our, we now have nine executive producers. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Crazy stuff. Welcome to the executive producer group, Mr. Colin Thompson. Fresh And Mr. Philip Morgan. Welcome to my life. Thank you so much for your support. It really makes this whole interseason stuff possible. As you know, we've extended the main season. They've been 12 episodes for a while now. We just did our MCU trilogy, the pre last three episodes. If you haven't already listened to those, go back and listen to that, because that was a stretch goal on our Patreon, made mm -hmm. possible by you people. And... It was like 12 hours long, 11 hours long, something like that. So that's 11 hours of extra MCU content that you got, all thanks to the lovely people on patreon.com slash sequelizers. So go and say thanks to the executive producers and everyone on Patreon. So let's dive into 2005's Constantine, shall we, gentlemen? Yes. Uh, where were you when you saw it, Matthew? In a cinema, by any chance? Yeah, I reviewed yeah. it. I've got a... Oh, 
Of course you did. Yeah, it was, but that thing is that was like my like seventh review. Or I was something. Say that, that's 2005. Really that must be very early for the I was, for the red right hand. I was just about 21. <laughs> wow. Um, I um, okay. So the way I came from this thing was, and this comes back to what we were saying earlier about how it's had a bit of a, a revival of sorts, in the sense that the public will remember it as like, oh god, yeah, 20 years ago or so, there was this really fun film. It was a bit, a bit dark, a bit creepy, a bit weird, mm. but it was great. And so, like, oh, what's that? I hadn't seen it, etc. Mm. And the minority of people saying, no, I am a Vertigo fan. I like my DC dark edge comics sort mm. of stuff. And I know what Hellblazer is. And this is not Hellblazer. Because I was both. I was, And that was pretty much my entire review. I was saying, I think the summation line was something like, this isn't Hellblazer, it's Constantine. It should be treated as such. Yeah. Because it's a very different animal that's inspired by content. And that's fine because, you know, it's, it, people say, oh, it's, it's Constantine in name only, whatever. It's like, no, it's like, oh, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be American. He shouldn't have black hair. It's like, I, I kind of just want to see a cool thing about a very mm. jaded individual dealing with demons and shit. Mm. And this film is very good for that. Mm. I think I gave like a, maybe a three or four out of five at the time. Okay. Mm. Um, but I, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun romp. Um, I still think it holds up incredibly well for in the in, it, you have to remember the early 2000s there's lots of stuff that have aged horribly and really obnoxiously um, and the CGI is questionable at times obviously because you know it's the early 2000s mm. um, but yeah I think it's I think it's solid and it, I, I definitely thought that it did nobody's career was damaged by it yeah, yeah I think it's one of those key statements here People either did or didn't like it because it was or wasn't for them. Mm. But it very much came out of Blade's cool. What can we do that's slightly similar? <laughs> yeah. And make it look like that. Do a supernatural kind of mm. horror kind yeah. of, yeah. Put on the guitar soundtrack. Yeah. A shotgun. Get some new metal going. Yeah. yeah. Shotgun that's got a cross on it. Go, mm. go, go. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. you, Tim? Uh, I didn't see it in the cinema. Um... I I was one of those pretentious assholes, and I, I fair, was especially fair. pretentious because. And you're the comic book guy, right? Though, right? I mean, I I am, but also I'd never read Hellblazer at that oh, point. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Uh, I have I have only read bits and pieces of it now, um, but I was very much like, mm, it's not. He's meant to have brown coat, and he's meant to have blonde hair and be English, like. Mm. And it was very much like nothing's nothing's less cool. Than something that was cool about five years ago, um, <laughs> and ah trends. <laughs> and uh, the Matrix had been huge, but then the Matrix yeah. sequels had kind of spent a lot of that capital, and they hadn't had they nowhere near having their critical reappraisal. Burn at those that point. fucking bridges. Reloaded and Revolutions both came out in two thousand and three. Yeah, and this is two thousand and five. So, like you said, mm. I think a lot of people were probably burnt out and like, yeah, oh Keanu Reeves, this is amazing. He was great in Speed. He was great in the Matrix. Yeah. And then they made two. Bad matrixes in a row. Oh, yeah. Man. There was a considerable backlash to his casting, and I just kind of fell in with that and was just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to see it in the city. Like, it doesn't hold any appeal. And a lot of people did too. I think that's the best yeah. thing against your character. I think that's very earnest and honest and like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what happened. Um, and then I saw it on DVD at some point afterwards and was like, this is great. Um, you, you know, and if it, if it, if it had, I, I do wonder almost like, did, the fact that it's called Constantine, uh, sorry, Constantine. Oh, Constantine. This is the point yeah. of distinction. It's Constantine in the film, 
the co- the comic book character is very notably Constantine. Mm-hmm. He specifically yeah. clarifies his Tyne, pronunciation. Yeah. Tyne like wine. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's. I mean that in in a way it's useful to have that to distinguish between the two characters. Very true. Um. So yeah, it, I wonder if it being Constantine almost held it back. Like if it had just been called like Clive Angel Puncher. Um, <laughs> uh, my my wor- my worry with that is that, that we've had a bunch of that stuff. We've had like Vin Diesel's fucking Vampire Hunter Seven or whatever the fuck that <laughs> was. Like all that and loads of like generic, yeah, unnamed character. Yeah. He's he's just Bob Kickass and he's killing zombies. But the thing is, is like... that most of those films are bad, and this is a good film. Yeah, but I wonder if if it would have been and we were still in a... viewed in a different light yeah, if it had just yeah. been generic Demon but, Hunter. Well, this it is was this... just called like Demon Hunter. This or is something, something that I don't think there's ever been consensus on. I'm just going to very quickly jump mm. in and just just throw this in here. How rude! True. So, <laughs> I think it's the fact that there is a studio executive mindset, which is this is a brand and a property that has an established IP. It's a thing that exists. Mm. Therefore, we can jump off the back of it because it's a recognizable name. It's like. Who is it recognizable to? This very small niche group. Okay, are we going to make it specifically for them? No, we need to make it for a broader market. Okay, how are you doing that? I'm changing everything in it. Yeah. Well, then why do you call it that? Why don't you just call it, as you say, Clive Angel Punch? It's like, yeah. because we want the brand. <laughs> I but- fucking love Clive. Can we make Clive Angel Punch, please? That's, that's Tim's... Matt, that's, your, <laughs> that's your pitch. Okay, yeah. good. I was um, going to say, that's Matt's new filmmaking project. It is. I'm casting Tim in the lead. <laughs> My name's Clive Asshole. <laughs> Clive Asshole. I'm being like, My name's Clive, you bum face. Like, Hold on a minute. Is this a PG version of Constantine? Yeah. So basically, yeah, so that there is this idea like, well, why would you bother in the first place? And it's like, is it brand recognition? But people who don't know the brand will only know this. So if you say to someone, like, Oh, do you know Constantine's based on a comic? No. Should I go read yeah. that comic? Not really. Not because no. it's not good. But you won't get what you want from it. Uh, yeah, and the comics are so different yeah. to like the character is very different to the to how he is in the comics. And I and I think, you know, part of the reason why I sort of <laughs> makes it sound like I fell in with the wrong crowd, but part of the reason I was it, part of that voice at the time that was mm. like, mm, it's not Constantine, um, is you have to root it in the context of its time. And this was this was a uh, Warner Brothers production because they mm. own DC, which owns Vertigo, which is well, Vertigo is kind of like a imprint of DC. Yeah, an imprint. Yes. Yeah. A, a, occasion, depending on what year, year it is, is yes. Constantine either is or isn't part of the DC. Oh, Constantine. Uh, is, uh-huh. Oh my God, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Can we just uh, agree on teen? We'll yeah. Be fine. No, okay. So teen, no. <laughs> he, he either Johnny Boy either is or isn't. Uh, right, Lucifer. Johnny Godbotherer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Either is or isn't <laughs> part of the DC universe. The adventures of Clive Angel Puncher and Johnny Godbotherer. <laughs> Starring <laughs> Tim Maynard and Jack Lawrence <laughs> William Chambers. Love it. We turned it into like a 40s radio. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And Orson uh, Welles yeah. as God. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Welcome to sequels you want to see. I've made a oh, 40s radio yeah. play. <laughs> Oh. Nobody, su- nobody summons Johnny Godbother. <laughs> then it pleases me to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we need this in our lives. God, damn. Yeah, scrap this, scrap our fucking pitches for the second half. We just need this. Right? Welcome yeah. to 1940s serial sequelizers. Serial <laughs> equalizers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. So to put it in the con, like this was a Warner Brothers production. 
the superhero film that immediately preceded this by Warner Brothers was Catwoman. Yeah. God, that film is terrible. The Halle Berry Catwoman. God, and Catwoman feels like an early 2000s ancient piece of shit. Oh, Constantine feels like it came out not that long ago. Yeah. And, and, and CGI. the one that came after this was Batman Begins, mm. which was them starting to get the, their shit the together same briefly. Year, isn't it? 2005? Uh, I think yeah. it was later the same year. Yeah, it's later yeah. the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Same year, though. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, so it's a very interesting point in where comic book movies were. You know, there's no MCU at that point. We're dealing with it like this is around Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer and that kind of stuff. Electra time. Yeah. So there were a lot of disgruntled comic book fans who were like, yes, Spider-Man 2 was great. X-Men 2 was great. But like, we are getting some... Yeah, this Dog is also around now. that era as well. Yeah, between Spider Man two and three. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we should we should clarify. We will happily throw ourselves on a bed of nails because again, Speak we for would... yourself, Matthew. You should, son. <laughs> um, Catholicism is showing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, good point. Um, uh, but no, it's it's the idea that if you think everybody everybody has dumb shitty opinions, and mm. you come back later and reassess and go, actually, you know what, that was a bit. But it, yeah. hopefully, it's something that has almost very low stakes. Yes. Tim wasn't literally bombarding Warner Brothers saying, you oh, should no. kill yourselves. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it's it, not, because there was no Twitter back then. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I was 19 and the limit of it was, I'm not going to go see that. Yes, exactly. Um, then I saw it later and was like, oh, it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't care about this character, so why would I care that they've changed? And then later on, I read the books and I was like, oh, these are, these are very of their time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Garth, Garth Ennis loves to write. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's very wordy. Really liked Hellblazer as a teenager, and that's all I'll say it's, about that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, pre- I Preacher was the thing that I read when I was a teen. In in terms of like yeah. Garth Ennis, Ennis is not the only Hellblazer writer, but he's one of mm. the very influential one of the definitive ones. ones. And the run that the first film, the Constantine 2005, yeah. is based on Dangerous Habits, which is written by Garth Ennis. Yes, yes like, yeah. exactly. Um. So, yeah, I, I read Preacher when I, I was a teenager mm. and was like, oh, this is awesome. And now I go back and go. Yeah, exactly. Mixed bag. I, I read Preacher when I was 28. Yeah. Hated everything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is just written by a 12-year-old. Yeah. Caveat, if you're sitting there seething with rage, because we know some of you are, thinking, I fucking love Preacher and Hellblazer. I've got two tattoos on my back to show how much I love it. That's fine. You can. That's yeah. what we're saying. We, we, yeah. as, as, as we get older, we reassess the things we love and change some things. You embolden more and you love them more. Some mm. things you go, actually, no, I'm not really a fan of that anymore. That's fine. That's, yeah. What, yeah. that's why we have this particular episode to say, actually, we'd really like to see a sequel to this because it deserved it. Yeah, we get yeah. to talk about something we want to see rather than something we don't want to see. When we usually get the bad sequels. Like, mm. you know, maybe mm. this deserves a second shot. Yeah. Mm. We're doing an unequal sequel kind of thing. Yeah, if I where, where that I mean, Rich from Unequal Sequel is too nice, and it's like, yeah, maybe give him another shot. It's like, maybe <laughs> no, don't, no. Rich. Maybe <laughs> don't. They deserve nothing but pain and penury. Um, so, Jack, you just said about uh, your Hellblazer stuff, very minimal. Mm, so, I read a couple of bits of Hellblazer. So, I got into similar to Tim, kind of like getting into comics um, when I was very young, and then I dipped away for a while, and then came back in my teens, and mm. much like you, Matthew read a bit of the Hellblazer-y stuff because I was like, oh, yeah, I need to get into the cool comics. I'm, not, I'm not reading Sp- Spider-Man's for babies. Secretly, Spider-Man was really good and I used to know that at the time. <laughs> and I shouldn't be just gatekeeping because it doesn't have swear words and blood in it and stuff. There it is. A good story is a good story. 
And I was like, I'm going to read some cool adult stuff like Swamp Thing and Hellblazer. The cool. I need my DC to be even more gritty. Oh, how I regret saying that 15 <laughs> years ago. Because that 31-year-old Jack does not need more gritty DC stuff mm. ever again. But yeah, so I read a little bit um, as a teen around this sort of time. I don't think I saw this. I definitely didn't see it in the cinema. I don't think I saw it for a while, actually. I probably saw it in DVD sort of three, four, maybe five years later mm-hmm. and was like, oh, that was really cool. Not really connecting the dots that this is also the Constantine slash Constantine from the comics. And like, hold on, is that the same? Oh, it's supposed to be the guy from the comics. And I like, I guess I, I must have like looked it up or something like that and mm-hmm. like slowly worked it out and connected it. And like, I didn't put that together. I'm not going to lie. I hadn't yeah. even worked that out. I hadn't even realized because whatever i picked like random hellblazer volumes i found in the library so it was Mm. like i wasn't like oh i'm reading the same one as the film so Mm. i know what's gonna happen and all that kind of stuff there was almost no connective tissue he was off in newcastle with a completely different set of support characters so i made no like connections there at all and then i saw the film and i was like oh yeah they're doing a kind of constantine thing that makes sense and i really really like the film i've always liked the film and and kind of like yeah, I don't necessarily feel the whole of that. Like we're saying, when Blade, because I loved Blade growing up, as as we've talked about, mm. we fixed Blade Three, previous mm-hmm. Blade Trinity, um, and that kind of thing. Like you said, around that time in the era of superhero movies, where it was all very, again, me being trying to be like the cool edgy teen, it was all very clean cut and very Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer. Oh, those films are not good. And then having something that's like a bit edgier and a bit cooler. That's how I felt with the comics. I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'll get into the the cool the smokes. He must be cool. Mm. That kind of stuff. He's put his smoke onto that spider in that glass. Yeah. Like badass. What a weird scene. Yeah, look at my life. <laughs> Fuck that spider. Yeah. Thankfully, it's, it, if it was any other creature or animal, people go, Fuck off. The spider. Yeah. Like, yeah, Fuck that spider. Fuck that. Spider. I wonder if that was like a weird DC versus Marvel little oh. Spider Man. So yeah, maybe. Like a- I th- I think that's definitely a 2010 sort of reaction, and so that's you know if it, was, if it came out like 2017, that would yeah. be a very overt like fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But uh, back then, nah, I doubt it. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really enjoyed the film, and then didn't really think of it for 10 years. Yeah. Fair. And then yeah, not necessarily because of this recent conversation, but because we've been doing sequel we like to see, mm. we make a list of stuff, and I was like, I can't remember. It was probably you, Matt, or that put it on the list, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, actually. That's, that's an interesting idea. You could yeah. definitely do a Constantine sequel. That could totally work. And as we'll get to when we come to our, our mini pitches in the second half, like, when would you do one? How different is a Constantine yeah. pitch going to... Again, we're going in blind, folks. So, you know... I know nothing about these boys. We haven't re- read each other's mm. pitches or anything like that. Mm. We're going to have new cast. We're going to have new directors, potentially, or bringing back the director, whatever it is. But, like... We could actually get this in the next few years, potentially. Mm. So has one of us pitched a 2023 or 2024 Constantine? Or does it make way more sense to do it, you know, 2010, mm. 2011, 2012, like that, a couple of years later or whatever? It's a very, I think you could do a lot of different things with this sequel, and that's why it's such rich content for us, because there is a fucking cacophony of comics to, to draw from. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to adapt it directly. Like I said, the, the first film takes the, the Dangerous Habits run, mixes it with a couple of other bits from other mm. runs as well, and in classic comic book film style, mushes it all together, makes it kind of palatable for film audiences, and then 
works its way that way. Mm. I think because you've got decades and decades of John Constantine mm. in the comics, there's so much potential to do interesting and cool stuff and go in different directions and dare I say, turn it into a franchise and mm. all that kind of stuff. Or just do another one, kill him off and it's done. Like you could do so many different things. It's true. Yeah. It's very interesting to see where mm. we're going to go with this. Yeah. There was a point when because comics got into the habit of like rebooting stuff and re- restarting runs. Um, there was a point where Hellblazer was the longest continuous run comic that DC were publishing. Ooh. Like it had got highest in the numbering of, it, of any uh, Weird, it? comic and that they were publishing. Yeah, because for those of you who don't know about comic book numbering and stuff, as you rightly mm. said there, Tim, they reboot stuff and then realize that, oh, no, no, no. There's a cool number coming up. That's Quick, it. let's do Batman 900 or Batman yeah. 666 or yeah. like Grant yeah. Morrison did. It, it's it, like, w- yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it. DC. It will go no. from 24 to 900. You're like, wait, wait, wait. And wait. I'm not yeah. holding DC to account here. Marvel are totally guilty of doing yeah. this as well. Image have done it as well. It's a, it's a issue, uh, issue for, for comic companies across the, across the mm. board, pretty much. And I think it's an interesting thing. Now we're in this kind of, I don't want the MCU again. Um, <laughs> We're in this serialized film thing it's the now. Most successful and comic book adaptations you're going to be under talking about, and it. it's all about franchises and stuff. And we're getting a new Batman this year with Robert Pattinson, which looks to be a weirder, darker kind of version of Batman. Hornier, hornier, <laughs> skinnier, hornier, more emo version of Batman. And I'm like, it's vagina. There's lots of fire and like fringes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. that, I mean, that doesn't look <laughs> that doesn't look dissimilar to Constantine. I could see. Keanu Reeves showing up in that <laughs> world and being like, mm. you know, building that bigger. Because like you said to him, sometimes he's in like Justice League Dark, mm. which is another thing that I tried to make and it mm. didn't fucking work. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro was attached to it at one point. Yeah. 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 And and the fact that, you know, he debuted originally in the comics in the Saga of the Swamp thing with Alan Moore. Um, he's very closely tied to that character for a while and then spins mm. off, as we said, into originally going to be called Hellraiser, but couldn't be because of Hellraiser, the movies. <laughs> yep. Oh, slash the Goosebumps. The Goosebumps sequel. film. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Goosebumps. Goose, Hellraiser Goose, of Goosebumps. Goosebumps prequels. Yeah. Hellraiser. <laughs> Goose, Goosebumps adjacent. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you had a box set, you'd pull them all together because that makes complete sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tonality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Deep lore. Um, yeah, so it originally was going to be Hellraiser. They switched it to Hellblazer and this whole thing. And. I think they tried to make it earlier on in the 90s and it was in this weird kind of like production hell type thing, mm. as is the case for so many things around that era, mm, of course, trying to get budget to do comic book movies. Now, there are more comic book movies than anything else and there's <laughs> fucking, you know, a dozen mm. of them every single year for the rest of our lives, probably because they just keep making money. And then, well, like back then you had, like we said, Blade and Fantastic Four. And even going back further than that, like the early Marvel stuff that was like the shitty Captain America stuff that nobody's yeah. really paid attention to. I'm like, yeah, this is the second time we've had Captain America in feature films. The third time, if you're counting like the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. stuff as well. But there was this weird thing of like, yeah, let's do edgy 90s comic book stuff. Because it was the late 80s. It was 88 when he debuted in the comics. Mm. When sorry, when Hellblazer was first published, mm. so you got this kind of let's 
try and get all this stuff. Warner Brothers are trying to scramble together and do whatever they can in the 90s, and thankfully they got Well, 20th them. century, Warner Brothers and DC kind of nailed it with Superman and Batman. Yeah. They, mm. they were mm. the only ones making successful properties. Exactly, yeah. And tried to do something with it, and it just stuck around in production hell. Multiple directors attached to it, blah, blah, blah. The usual story we've talked about a million times on this show before. And somehow, between... Francis Lawrence and the crew that ended up making this film. They made a good film in 2005. Mm. I honestly don't know how they did, because it could have gone wrong in so many different ways. Mm. And as you rightly said, Tim, the changes they made were very controversial for the hardcore fans. Mm. But I think it still works, because they're they're superficial changes at the end Mm. of the day. Leave your expectations at the door, you'll be fine. Yeah, Mm. yeah. If you don't go in like, oh, this has to be Hellblazer the movie, then... I think it's a really good kind of mm. supernatural horror action kind of thing. Yeah. Makes complete sense that there were attempts being made to make a Hellblazer movie because, and it, I, I think it's interesting because I'd, I'd love to kind of go back and trace this archetype because I'm sure it's not sort of an original, original idea, this kind of like trickster kind of con man magician who's like, from the streets kind of thing as opposed to a kind of high fantasy magic user mm. but it's one of the, I'm sh- as I say I'm sure there are literary examples going back quite a while but it's one of the first examples I can think of and it's a, something that has become extremely like prolific throughout like genre fiction you know you think of your like Harry Dresden's and all that kind of the whole urban fantasy genre yeah um the Dresden Files is such an obvious comparison yeah yeah Uh, and even stuff like like Constantine is the reason that uh Castiel wears a trench coat in Supernatural yeah you know and you could like you could point to a bunch of stuff in Supernatural and go like yeah that's coming from you can see the Hellblazer yeah you can see the line from from here to there kind of thing um so yeah, it ma- it makes absolute sense that they were trying to adapt this for a long while, and that's before you get to the Matt Ryan era of the TV stuff with the yeah. the the what do they call the TV CW DC stuff? I don't know the, what they call like it. the the Belantiverse. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greg Belantiverse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, and which is Flash, Arrow, yes. um Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow, Tomorrow yeah. Supergirl, Supergirl, eventually yeah. Supergirl. It yeah. wasn't yes. originally, but yeah. then it came yeah. over, and yeah, all yeah. the crossovers and stuff. I think Matt Ryan, he, he, Matt Ryan, to me was always just a oh the 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 cracked up Welsh guy from uh, Layer Cake. Yeah, like, yes, but also he's uh, Kenway in um, uh, Assassin's Creed. Creed Black Flag. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's like oh yeah, great because he's he's a really good voice actor, and he's like oh he's great for Constantine, and he does a decent performance. I, I really like, like that version. I, of yeah, I've yeah. not seen him as Constantine he's, I must say he's actually he's good. not bad yeah. again much more comic accurate because he thing. got a couple of seasons of the show yes. and yeah. then there's two seasons of the and Constantine show and Legends of Tomorrow and he's in Legends yeah. of Tomorrow yeah. and a couple of the big crossover yeah, events yeah, as well yeah, yeah. him crossing over with Lucifer and other bits and pieces and yeah. yes because uh, yeah. Yeah, the Lucifer <laughs> show also crosses over with Constantine yes yeah. 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 which was also a product of that the whole Late era, eighties, early nineties, so that's the spin-off of Sandman, yeah. Which, is another, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is another thing we're getting now on whatever streaming platforms getting. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix. Yeah. 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 Point is, this shit is all very <laughs> incestuous. <laughs> we should talk some more about the actual film rather than the origins. We of should. Well, yeah, you're like entirely correct because... because I think this is the thing. Once you, once you know where it's coming from, then you can literally just dismiss all that stuff and say, "How is the film just as a film?" Yeah. And if you go through all the components, mm. the cast. Is fucking great. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the cast is so good. Like Keanu's good in it. 
He's great. Keanu. He's, Keanu. He's he's, nice. he's he lost a lot of weight for it. Yeah, he got really in, in a sort of like a weird place to get. And I think role. I think he's it's a different it's a slightly different flavor of Keanu. He isn't yes. he isn't as it's it's different from comic book as we've established. Yeah. Um, and it, he is less of a kind of a trickster con man than he is in the comics, and he's a lot more of a almost like a noir jaded cynical yes. hardened yeah. figure yeah um and angry like in a way that often like the comic book isn't yeah he's, um, he's an asshole to basically everyone yes people like come to him for help he's yeah like, he's he's got very little of the like, like uh, charm or yeah, charisma yeah. that the comic book character does but it works i think it works, it works for him. perfectly yeah. it works um, in the story and i yeah i think i think Keanu's great in it um tilda swinton as gabriel is some of Brilliant. my favorite cast amazing a character she she's only in two scenes yeah as gabriel yeah, i know and that character is so good the presence is there even yeah. when it's not there basically yeah you're right and yeah yeah and um, i think there's a lot of that sort of stuff where it's like like with peter stormer being uh, one peter, fucking scene one peter scene as lucifer amazing i, I love that design it's so good it's so that design is so vertigo yes um you know, it uh, looks. Uh, it's not quite the Lucifer from Sandman, which was also David Bowie, which was David Bowie essentially. Yeah, Sting yes. meeting David Bowie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, in a in a white suit kind yeah. of thing. Um, so it's well, not quite that. It's, it's Ares in the in the Azarello Wonder Woman comics. Is, yes, is actually a dude in a white suit, yes. barefoot, covered in blood. Yeah, that, that, that the white suit, barefoot thing is a really like something uncomfortable yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Tarred, yeah. For speak, yeah, yeah. The, the the kind of like tar stuff that's dripping from him that's also kind of like the 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 looks kind of like the cancer that he pulls out from yep. john yeah. in the end um and they're like the 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 tattoos just peeking out and the kind yeah. of slightly kind of blackened veins mm. of him yeah. and the the way that they do almost kind of continuity fuck ups mm -hmm. when you're watching where he'll be like sat across the room and then it'll cut to John Constantine and it'll be like, he'll say something and then, and suddenly Lucifer will be right in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just that little bit of like something's fucking around here. Exactly. It's that sinister air of, um, hello, John, how yeah. are you? And then it gets very Hannibal Lecter, but then he's like, <clears throat> yeah. And he, he's, he's very playful. Yes. But also terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's that switch between, Boys will be boys, whatever. I'm yeah. not counting for taste. All the way to family's good. Busy, 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 busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just play, playing with his feet, as in with 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 the uh, with Keanu Reeves's like legs, like yes. working his way with his dick. And he's just like, yeah, you know. And then he's like, I don't believe you belong here. He's mine. It's like, oh, gee, this is yeah. It's kind yeah. of yeah. And I love how much they set him up. Of like, yes, you're the one soul who yeah. Lucifer would come to collect personally. And I was like. Well, that's gonna matter later. Like, yeah, yeah. And you don't necessarily think that, but that's yeah, gonna it, matter because it almost—it's the kind of thing that you would say. It, it, it almost, could just be a turn of phrase. Yeah, right? it almost yeah. feels Absolutely. like a turn of phrase. Yeah. But then you're like, oh no, this—he's so bad. Lucifer, he's yeah. the only person Lucifer would collect in person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Da, da, da. oh, you meant that literally? Oh God, Lucifer's here right now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking Gavin Rossdale's. Gavin Rossdale's great in this. Yeah. He shouldn't be. Yeah. He's, it's the thing is like, okay, so as you don't know, Gavin Rossdale, especially at the time, was the lead singer of Bush. Yes. <laughs> he was Gwen Stefani's <laughs> husband. Gwen Stefani's husband, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and he's he's Balthazar and he's, yeah. he's great. He's great. Jaiman Honsu. good. So Jaiman Honsu, I've completely oh, so rewatching it for this. I had not like 
when I when I originally watched it, I had not switched on to who German mm. Hansu was. Mm. And then rewatching, I was like, holy shit, that's German yeah. Hansu. I saw him in the credits and I was like, when is German Hansu in this? I was yeah. like, I don't remember. Oh my God, he's fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's midnight. His voice he's fantastic. Is so good yeah. in this. Oh man, yeah. Um, oh, he's just banging the table. Yes. Yes. midnight. Yeah, just it's terrifying. Just oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to say it. Don't you dare. I'm going to say it. Shia LaBeouf's decent. He's no, not. He's no, not. he's not. He's no, not. He's, he's the, the one weakling. bad thing about this film. No, Fucking... no, I think Shia LaBeouf wasn't... Well, let me clarify that statement for you. Actual cannibal. <laughs> Skywriter himself. Yeah. Remember that bullshit? <laughs> I unfortunately do. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is doing the role he's supposed to be doing of this kid who just wants to impress and wants to belong. Mm. I think he does fine. I think he does perfectly who fine. Is... I, I, and again, we'll stop harping on the difference between the guys. Like, the character from of Chaz is yes. from the comic books and is so different to yeah. the Chaz we get in the film. Yeah. Because Chaz is not a name people have outside of London. No. <laughs> no. It's very weird to have this like American team. All right, and Chaz. And like they have him drive a cab, but it's like, why the fuck is this teenager driving yeah, no, the, a cab? Those famous yeah. LA cabs that everyone yeah. talks about, like, hold on a minute, what? Like, yeah. I guess if you're doing this in New York, you'd have me like a New York cabbie or well, something. Well, uh, like, uh, sorry, Jack, it's not set in LA. Is it not? No, it's set in Angel City. Oh, sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> How dare I? Yeah. In Angel City. Which yeah. so feels like an executive going, mm, can we comic book this up a bit? That's 100% like, what that is. No, just put it can in Can make it feel LA. more like The Crow? Like, yeah. No. Yeah. It's no. clearly Los Angeles. But that yeah. means yeah. the angels. They, na- they, f- yes. they name fucking Los Angeles roads in it. And yeah. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dumb. Tell you who is really good. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss yeah. is She's spectacular. always great. She, and... she doesn't get a huge amount to do, but she does interesting stuff with the stuff that she's given. Yeah. Um, I don't think she has a dual role. Yes. She plays yeah. twins. So Playing she the gets twins two is really interesting. Yeah. And yeah. you're right. She is the audience surrogate with me, and she's a bit like, wait, what? What's going on here? Yeah. What? I don't understand, which is never fucking good for an actor because it's like, mm. oh God, I'm going to be an artist. But she sells it very well because she goes into it. She's she's a driven cop who knows everything, and it's her world is turned upside down when she's mm. thinking. But she's also, this comes from a Catholic background where she's like, actually, all the things I thought I knew. I'm a little bit like I've kind of buried this, and now I'm always been aware of it. That's mm. that's nice. Tying into the the Catholic thing, I'm glad you touched on that because she gave me Scully vibes. Yes, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that's a very good point. The the Catholic like woman who really knows what she's doing and is in a man's world and dealing with all this bullshit and being like, like like we talked about in when we did the X Files episode. Yes, like, yes. FBI agent abroad can't be an FBI agent was one of the lines in, in your <laughs> no, pitch right, yeah, there Matt yeah. it's like that's a perfect example because nobody takes Scully seriously because she's a woman yeah. nobody takes Mulder seriously because he's mental and, <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. and he's always right but and they play it in the same kind of similar dynamic here obviously nowhere near as developed and nowhere near as like intimate as that mm. in Constantine but having Constantine be in the like there are fucking demons everywhere. We need to deal with this shit. Is yeah. there are aliens you need to believe? Yeah. yeah. And her coming and the, in. Once you see them, they see you. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. just. It's yeah. like it's the same with the sky. It's like, if we. You want to expose this department, but if you come with me, they will think you're the same as me and you will be a target. Yeah. And yeah. no one will believe you. Yeah. Mm. And you get Brilliant. like. Yeah. T- tying into having her kind of discovering it and even, as you said, playing her twin in hell and that whole scene is mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. And kind of seeing the difference between the two sisters and how they kind of communicate with John. And, mm. and I think Rachel Weiss does a really interesting thing where like I, said, I, I got Scully vibes from that. And I'm saying that as a compliment in that yeah, she yeah, comes across as this, like you said, 
empowered woman. She's a police officer who doesn't take shit, that kind of thing. Mm. But also doesn't quite believe and then does eventually kind of like, Mm. This is what I need to do to save my sister, and this is my priority now. Mm. Like you know, putting family mm. in front, of, mm. like you said, in front of her career and stuff like that, mm. which I think is a really interesting choice for a character to make when they are so career driven. Having to come with that balance of, do I prioritize my career? Am I going to be you know shunned as this crazy person who believes in demons and mm-hmm. stuff, or is it worth it to you know find out what happened to my sister and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and I think mm. that's a really interesting dynamic that they mm. handle really well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a shame that she's she's a little bit damseled at the end. Very much. But so, then yeah. they also have the moment of like <laughs> the, the after in the kind of coda to the film. Um you can tell that she <laughs> she's sort of like, "Ah, oh, this is this is the moment where John kisses me." And it's like, "No, no, th- this isn't that kind of film." Yeah. Here, have this uh, have this Nazi relic and please go hide it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You become a, another contact basically. You're not, it's not yeah. quite, because again, people get close, dies, you need to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's that great, like you said to him, that moment of like sexual tension with like, mm. will I ever see you again? It's like, I like that. And then, and he's off. Yeah. <laughs> that little yeah. moment where they just lean in a little bit too close and then divert. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And just to transition from acting, on a technical side of things, I like the cinematography. Mm-hmm. I like the production design. Mm-hmm. I like the costumes. I like the makeup. Yeah. The CGI at the time was very, very good. I was mm. surprised how much it held up. Yeah. Watching this a couple of weeks ago, I was like, even in 20... This was 2021 mm. at the time, obviously. Mm. Like, you know what? Actually, that looks pretty good. It's not, it's it's, not awful. It's really, there's, some, mm. like, there's a lot worse. A lot rubbery shit. Yeah, but, there's a yeah. lot worse from around that era as well. Mm. We've talked about yeah. it so many times on this show. Where, Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, perfect example. That 2000s era yeah. where they were like, we can do anything with CGI, guys. Yeah. We can we can build it, whole cities and create monsters and stuff. It's gonna be amazing. Let's do everything with CGI. Fuck you, Star Wars prequels for <laughs> establishing that. But then they use it in subtle ways, and there's a lot of practical stuff going on as well, and tying into it. And as we say, so again, so often on this show, blending the two is so key for making mm. what is essentially dodgy CGI more believable mm. and more visceral in that world. And feel more physical yeah. and interacting like the attack at the gas station for example you've got mm. this big swirling bug yes. monster thing yes and it looks like a big cgi especially with that face who's like oh yeah, hello yeah. john i'm a big bug monster it's a bit mummy returns it's a bit mummy returns but when it's like throwing cars around and stuff it feels like it has a real weight to it practical mm. cgi the practical yeah. blend really works to to sell you on that kind of stuff and then keanu kicks a crab at the end he kicks a crab <laughs> just to be like kick, kick. Why, is there, why is there a crab crabs aren't i love that there's a crab because it's so fucking weird it's so weird everything becomes crabs yeah um if in doubt it's like when you jump on something and mario it becomes coins like you defeat yeah. a demon it turns into crab <laughs> yeah yeah i think the, the the blend is is a really good because they use it sparingly yes the thing yes, yes. um and they make interesting choices with what they're doing. The 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 kind of the big special the 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 heaviest CGI sequence is when he goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the <laughs> like it's an interesting vision of hell where there's just cars everywhere. 
yeah. I, know, I haven't driven in Los Angeles, but I'd imagine being stuck on the freeway for eternity would probably hell. is some people's <laughs> idea yeah. of hell. Yeah. Um, also demons just yeah. And hell. also, yeah, weird half-headed demons Yeah, and, stuff. and just underneath the surface of that traffic jam is you being torn apart. It's yeah. like, yes. ah. <laughs> um, So you could escape, but you wouldn't go anywhere. But yeah, I think this film is full of like interesting visual and storytelling choices. They do some fantastic stuff with all the kind of christian mythology kind of stuff to use a ter- yeah, term yeah, you know right. they they deploy it in really interesting ways the relics that he uses and the rituals that he uses like the stuff of like oh cats are, are half in and half out of hell so yeah. i can use them yeah. as a focus and you know I've got, not, the, I've got the scars to prove that on my arm yeah my I, I did notice that yeah. uh that toothless had uh quick quick story uh toothless was, but not clawless yeah yeah oh. she's too she's not even toothless uh i i bled a lot last night so so this was sleeping on the sofa next to me. I was watching TikTok, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. Deli- mm. Delightful movie. Mm. And uh, a bag of sweets fell off our dining room table and scared the shit out of her. Oh, no. So she <laughs> leapt out from like sleeping right next to me. Claws first. Bounced off my forearm. Shredded my forearm. Bounced off the sofa and ran away. And I was like, thanks for that. I was wearing a jumper at the time. I was like, oh, that's probably not too bad. Rolled my sleeve down. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and it's just blood pouring down my arm. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's pretty bad. Thanks, Tooth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they are definitely half in and half out. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can confirm. That's because yeah. it wasn't just a bag of sweets falling off the side. Um, <laughs> that, was and- Lu- that was Lucifer poking it off the edge. Hello, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and stuff like, you know, him putting his feet in the, the kind of Roasting tin, yeah, full of water, water stuff, yeah. yeah, and and um, even stuff that that kind of comes back and becomes important, like the whole, um, you know, time moves slow when you're in hell. When the, when the time stops, that's such yes. a cool shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- time kind of passes faster in hell than it does yeah. on Earth. So Inception. So yes, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he had gone to hell as a as a teenager when he died he'd been there you know he'd, he'd only been dead for two minutes but it was you know an eternity, an eternity hell. on yeah. hell and and then that becomes an important plot point because he essentially like freezes time to to have a conversation with lucifer at the end <laughs> yeah um and it's it's taking so much mythology and law from the comics taking mm. so much from literally in the same way that when somebody has anything in terms of a, tr- a tradition for a country mm. or a nation or whatever it is even like a family tradition. It's like, why do you do this? Ah, uh, no. I guess we just we just always do. And there's always someone like me saying, My dad did it and his dad did it and his yeah. dad did it. We're why are you seeing this nursery rhyme to this kid? It's like, do you know what, uh, you know, this piggy went to market is about? Like, oh, shit. Those <laughs> pigs are going <laughs> to die, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it feels really well thought through. There is one bit that sticks out, which is... Um, they... <laughs> Uh-oh. There's a there's a a bit when they're like tracking down clues to find out where Rachel Vice's sister, aka Rachel Vice, yes. has like whether she's actually committed suicide and all these kind of things, and it makes reference to um, uh, Corinthians. Oh yeah. Um, and there's like a prophecy in Corinthians about the the thirty six seventeen. Yeah. It is, like, yeah. Um, it's like oh, Cor- Corinthians doesn't have seventeen chapters. Well, Corinthians goes to twenty one chapters in, in the, the Bible, Bible in hell, hell. which <laughs> is great. Except it's fucking Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. Which is you know it's 
Oh, love is patient, love is kind. Also, the devil has a son and he's coming. Picture <laughs> <laughs> fucking Leviticus or something. Just, like, p- p- like, like, I know it feels like they were like, we can't do revelations. It's too obvious, even yeah. though it kind of should have been. Re- but if you're not, if you're and not going to do revelations. What's the other one you've heard of? Corinthians. Yeah, let's yeah. pick that one. Yeah, because <laughs> be it's fine. always used at weddings. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they should have, they should have done like a prophet or something it should have been isaiah or something they were always going yeah. on about nonsense stuff it's true but, but like yeah like it's Paul's, a bible in hell just make it up it's yeah like, paul's yeah. sitting down to write his letter to like hey my theophilai in in corinth you know how's it going here's all these things about how to establish by the way mammon is but- real <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah cheers paul yeah lots of love paul yeah, yeah. it's like uh, it's like um uh Actually, that, that's such a good aversion of an adaptation of anything. Jack's sitting there reading like The Lord of the Rings and going, oh, great. And then I'm going to leave Tom Bombadil's house. In my version, they stay in Tom Bombadil's house for 10 years. <laughs> it's like, what? What version is this? The version in hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tom Bombadil is Sauron in hell. That's what we're, yeah. that's what we're saying. Which yeah. is like, you know, it, well, Constantine's from Newcastle and he's English. In my version, he's American. <laughs> <laughs> In the Constantine in hell, yeah. he's American and got black hair yeah. and a black coat. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think it's an interesting thing because it also tying into the Christian mythology it does more so than a lot of the comics I've read. Like I said, I'd read a couple of volumes growing up mm. and I've read a few over the last few years or so. I got into like Justice League Dark when they did the big reboot and the new 52 and mm. Swamp Thing mm. and Animal Man and that yeah. whole tie and blah, 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 mm. blah. So that's sort of like eight, ten years ago or so, when I was probably like re- rereading Hellblazer stuff and reading up-to-date John Constantine comics as well. And it's way less Christian-y most of the time than this. This yeah. film is very fucking Christian. Very. Yeah. Whereas, That's why they couldn't call it Hellblazer. Because well, yeah. Americans say, I'm not watching that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but having Hellblazer is way more about the wider scope of like the supernatural stuff. You drew the comparison earlier to the TV show mm. Supernatural. Yes. Again, it has like Christian origins and ties into mm. it and angels and demons. Obviously, the word angel has an inherent like religiosity to it that mm. you can't really mm-hmm. avoid. But having demons and devils and monsters and all this mm. kind of like supernatural stuff is it's a it's a wider birth of stuff and feels mm. less tied into like theological origins mm. in the comics than it does in this. But I think they use it really, really well in the film. Yeah. And as much of a you know, I am not a religious person, I didn't grow up religious or anything like that. So my knowledge around that is not, you know, extensive at all. But what they do with it I think is really cool and really clever and tying into like the Bible in hell. Mm. Like there's a Bible <laughs> in hell? That's cool. Mm. And getting like a B man just hanging out just yeah, <laughs> just reading Bibles <laughs> from hell. Like, who the fuck's this beamer? Oh, he's covered in bees. He's like dead. his cage. <laughs> yeah, not the bees. <laughs> That's what happens after he dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, who? Is, I, I kind of love that they don't really explain B man. He's like, he's just a guy I go he to. Yells yeah, above. yeah. They, yeah. I, they, I, uh, is it Pruitt Taylor Vince, his yeah. character? Yes. Yeah. Um, who's the priest? Who's like psychic as well? They never really explain him, but it's nope. it's just you know no to, he's fine. just a weird cool. dude that that Constantine knows. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think you know the comic stuff is because it occasionally dips into the DC universe. It's also kind of dealing with the mythos of that and the yeah. You yeah. know, you've got seventy years of comic book history where because it's comic books, demons have come up and angels come up, and it's there's there's already been established their version of that kind of thing. And yes. it's also tying it, you know, it's tying into all these other stuff. And so 
it's not so rooted especially because of the comic code authority in like yeah. actual christian dogma yeah. it's more made up stuff and like you say in the comics he's also he deals with you know werewolves and vampires and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yes um this is much more rooted in in christianity and and like a huge plot point is like hey should suicides actually go to hell like it, it it's yeah. dealing with this stuff of like dogma and and it takes a lot of biblical hypocrisy yeah and that that's what tilda swinton's gabriel represents really well yes so yeah it's like there's a there's a beautifully twisted message and that's always the you know the classic bad guy who is um thinks they're a good guy so like, yeah you can do really good things when things go to shit and mm. as we've seen from the pandemic yeah people can be really kind yeah and the worst people are <laughs> yeah i i remember there was a tweet that was like uh you know wow uh the past few years have really uh disproved Ozymandias's uh plan for yep. Watchmen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like who who'd have thought the world was actually more cynical than Alan Moore? Um, <laughs> is that um, possible? Apparently it yeah. is. But yeah, like it's it's the thing of um Gabriel's plan is kind of the Orson Wells from the Third Man. Yes. Harry mm. Very much so. Yeah, very yeah, much yeah. so. It's, it's I will bring you suffering because you'll rise above it and it will make you greater as a as a species, mm -hmm. you know, if if God loves you so, I'll make you worthy of his love. Yeah, I love um, that line. It's so fucking twisted. we've learned, yeah. it's not for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and it's so funny that you've now, talking of stuff that deals with religion and the afterlife, you now have the good place. Uh, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which essentially posits, no, actually, the way to get people to thrive is to take away all the suffering and give them space and support to grow. And that's how yeah. you get people to improve and you know develop better morals uh yeah yeah um but yeah it's like gabriel's such a fascinating and, and, and i love the aesthetic the, mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. mentioned matt like the costuming is so great yeah the, the, the like cinematography is kind of look yeah the I, I really like the score um mm. i was gonna say the other thing i was gonna sort of round off with the sound work and the score is yeah. great the score is really good um, obviously, it ranged from the sort of early 2000s new metal league guitar stuff. Yeah, really there's, like. yeah there's, some, there's some perfect circle in there and there stuff is. like that. I like that. Damn it's, right, there it's is. It's a perfect circle song written by fucking Trent Reznor. I'm there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the sound design is magnificent because it goes full on horror stuff. So, for example, when the um, at the start of the film, where they find the Spear of Longinus, the Spear of Destiny, this, this camera comes L in really L close. never say the word Longinus in this, by the way. Giants. Spear of Destiny. Spear of Destiny. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right, Evangelion. Get yeah, out of here. My Catholicism yeah. showing. No, your Evangelion is showing. That's true. Um, but um, why not both? <laughs> yeah, I am the Weaver. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, but the sound of just the, the 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 absence of sound, the sort of buzzing and hissing of flies and things, it's just all very unsettling, and it makes you uncomfortable. There's very. It's it's almost like. To, 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 I mean, the classic, the, the classic parallel here is between Vice's character and Reeves' character for the same person. They're both technically cops. Mm. And one is very fearful that he knows he's going to end up in the prison he put all the people in at the end of mm. it. And he's like, I just want an extension or something. I, <laughs> I kind of want to avoid this because I know it's going to end very badly for me. I don't want it. Yeah. But I'll still do the job. But at the same time, it's the awareness that you are constantly surrounded. There is no moment in this film that really lets up that allows you to just go, ah. And have a nice calm moment, unless it's ah, this is luxurious because a demon is here, and it's like <laughs> you know you can see that it's very opulent and ridiculous. But most yeah. of the time, it's unsettling throughout. Mm. And we should before we kind of uh, wrap up and move on to our pitches, we haven't really talked about Francis Lawrence. 
Yes. This was his first feature film, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Comes from a music video background, which you can really tell. You can tell. In the imagery and the a lot of the playing with speed of stuff and, and things slowing down and freezing and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Feels very early 2000s music videos. Yeah. Um, Went on to do the a lot of the Hunger Games Or the films. next film was I Am Legend as well in a couple of yes, years. Yeah. Yes, yes. Another film I think is quite underrated. I don't mm. dislike I Am Legend. Best Legend's. twist in best movie twist. history. <laughs> yeah, the, the dog is, is a girl. Yeah. It's called Sam. Oh my God, <laughs> Samantha the dog. What a fucking twist. Fuck off, Matthew. I will never let you live that down. Any opportunity I get. You think I'm going to have any shame with that shit? I mean, <laughs> yeah, ca- you fucking should I'm do. Not, I'm Catholic. I feel shame about everything. So for <laughs> comparison, this is the nothing. one thing in your life you don't feel shame about. Yeah. Everything else, 100% shame. Yeah. Samantha the dog. 100% conviction. We said it in the MCU episode. When you open the door and it's Michael Keaton, you go, oh my God. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dog. Samantha, <laughs> Samantha the dog. Better reveal than the vulture in uh, Homecoming. Apparently, yeah, yes. Um, fuck, fuck off, Matthew. But, uh, but as Tim said, yeah, Hunger Games is what I think people know from now. Yeah, so he yeah. did. So to kind of run through, Constantine, obviously, 2005. I Am Legend in 2007. Water for Elephants. Matthew, can you give any more context on that? I don't recognize that film. Adaptation, Robert Pattinson and Reese Witherspoon. And yeah, lit- literary oh, adaptation. Oh, a book that was quite popular around the time. It's fine. It's fine. Fair enough. It's, about a circus. Yeah, I'd say it's fine, but a, a, a generous it's fine. Fair enough. A two out of five, that wants to be a three. Mm. <laughs> That's Mum, 2011. Oh, yeah. yeah, it sounds like a mum's film. Uh, in 2011, then following up in 2013, we have Hunger Games Catching Fire. Then 2014, Mockingjay Part 1, so the next Hunger Games film. And of course, Mockingjay Part Two, because mm-hmm. everything had a part dub, double part finale thing Split back in those for the days. final book. Yeah, yeah, Twilight, all that shit had, yeah, had a lot of stuff. Um, then following that, keeping keep keeping within the family, even though they're not related, Francis Lauren Lawrence teamed up with Jennifer Lawrence again to do Red Sparrow in 2018. That was a really weird one. It's a really weird one. Yeah, it's also weird because it so clearly wants to be a Black Widow film. It's to a just certain Black extent. Widow but not Black so, Widow. Yeah. 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 It's, and, it's very weird. And this is the year that Black Widow is originally supposed to be released and stuff so yeah. it's like uh, did you just try and make a Black Widow movie and you couldn't get the licensing <laughs> or something like yeah, Yeah. Very odd. Uh, and then follows up with something that isn't out at the time of recording is a 2022 Netflix movie called Slumberland. Yeah, because he's been kind of just absent for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the no. Red TV Sparrow stuff? was four years ago. So. Yeah, but usually, oh, I guess, okay. It's just a few years yeah, in the gap. I know, but it's, it's, not, an, it's not an unreasonable like. gap. It's no. not, but I think the parent... He didn't disappear for a decade and then all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, he has also worked in TV as well. Um, He's working on the show C, uh, which is a Apple TV. Oh, the uh, Jason Momoa oh. one. Yes, yeah, yeah the okay. Jason Momoa one. Uh, which that feels like enough, a Francis Lawrence thing. Funnily enough, yeah. my hairdresser was telling me about it the other day. <laughs> it's uh, everyone is blind and yes. they use like echolocation and stuff. And yes. the people who can see are these like revered, like deity like people. And it's all. And there's a baby. And there's a baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he also worked on Gotham. Oh. Yeah, he did that some work on Gotham. Yeah. Mm, um, and a few other bits and pieces I've never heard of and, and yeah. don't care about. So, yeah. Fair. Fairly just like everything's fine kind of career. Like, mm. I mean, Hunger Games made shitloads of money, but I think those films are okay. Mm. They're like, Catching Fire is good. They're like, yeah. There's like, yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, it's yeah. watchable nonsense. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's young adult watchable bollocks. It, it, it feels like he's become, he's almost lost his voice over time. 
Yeah, he's um, become he's become slightly safe pair of hands. Yes, <laughs> but not uh, really. Yeah, um, he's the young adult safe pair of hands. Yeah. he's become sort of corporate man mm. Francis Lawrence, as opposed to this is a very bold opening film with some mm. very bold visuals. Mm. To he could probably direct a Marvel film. We go, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, and he'd slot right in. Not an Alan Taylor disaster, but more a like, yeah. Oh yeah, you haven't really got much to say. Yeah, yeah. not to slate a lot of uh, the uh, MCU directors, but. I think we're going to have some interesting takes in fixing this. Yeah. I'm very curious about this. I have a feeling, like I said, we're going in blind. I have a feeling we've gone in three very different directions, would be my guess. Almost guaranteed, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> yes, <laughs> says Tim defiantly. Which, unlike our John Carter one, which was like three of the same pitches. Yes. Do the next book, you fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. There's another book. Do the next book. There's, there's a sequel that's nearly 100 years old. What are you doing? Hurry up. Do the sequel. This one is like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, can you do, do loads of stuff, yeah, because mm. because you're left Cause in such a weird place. Well, and there's there's the question of like, do you adapt the comics because the the, the film is so different to it, and if you do adapt the comics, there's so much to choose from. So mm, there's there's true. a huge variety of questions. You, yeah, again, touching on the sequelizers thing of like, do you stick closely to the original stuff and take something you know, or do you just make up something from your own brain and go from scratch? There are so many different directions. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what you guys have done. Mm. This week's episode is brought to you by Pear. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Pear Networks. Pear have over 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pear makes it easy for you with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Pair Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit Pair.com free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's Pair.com free, promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. That's Pair. P-A-I-R. Links are available, of course, in the show notes. We're also sponsored by Audible. Audible has thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, comedy specials, and so much more. Where this fantastic service can be improved with the help of your boys. That's us. That's right. If you head to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you can get a month free and an audiobook on us. Um, a little bit of a personal anecdote here. Over Christmas, my gran, who is 99 years old, um, her hearing and sight is not great. She loves to read and just can't really at the minute, which is unfortunate. That's very sad. It is. But I recommended Audible to her. Oh. And uh, if she can fucking use it, <laughs> what the hell is your excuse? <laughs> Matt's 99-year-old gran can use Audible. Yeah. Then you, you can even, she can even listen to sequelizers on it, Matthew. She won't. She won't. Um, <laughs> she definitely won't. No. And as a little recommendation for you to time with Constantine in a sort of tangential way, I recommend an audio play. Oh. Yeah, a good uh, nearly three hours with people like John Hurt, David Warner, and other people like uh, Blake Ritson and stuff. The Divine Comedy by Dante. Um, it's, uh, it's a decent one by the BBC. It's a good production. I recommend it. Again, if you want to get into the whole, like, how can I experience this ancient text that can be very dry, but in a sort of entertaining, fun way, give it to thespians. In a way, the Divine Comedy is the Bible from hell, right, Matt? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, uh, Italians. <laughs> so get on down to audibletrial.com slash sequel for a month free and an audiobook on us. Audible. In hell, your eyes are your ears and they can read with Audible. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about some sequels we'd like to see, some pitches. The three of us coming up with some mini pitch ideas for what we'd yeah. like to see from a sequel to Constantine. Before we get to that, I'm going to spring some Rotten Tomatoes on your motherfuckers. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. We only have the one film. V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, of course, have 2005's Constantine with a running time of exactly two hours. It's, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't do yeah, nice, nice. Um, we have, I'll give you a clue. We have 230 whoa, whoa, fucking clue. 230 critical reviews. Healthy. This score. So it's a reasonable amount, a decent amount. Yeah. And uh, more than a quarter of a million audience score reviews. And since we only have one film, I'd like you to guess both critical and audience, please, mm, mm, gentlemen. Mm, this is what do you different. think? Yeah. I, I, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just barrel out with some numbers off the cuff. 65% critics. Okay. 73% audience. Okay. Bold, straight out of the gate. Not too... Dissimilar. No, I think there'll be close, enough but... people going, this is bullshit trash. And like, this is perfectly entertaining nonsense. And people saying, this is really good if you don't think about Hellblazer. This is not Hellblazer. And the, the, the vocal minorities will be quite slim. I'm, I'm going to go wider apart and also palindromic. Classic As Tim. you often do. Classic Tim. As yeah. you often do. Spread like a fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like fish spread, like you put on sandwiches. Yes, I know that so well as a lifelong vegetarian. <laughs> Look, in the 80s, you didn't have a lot of choice, all right? <laughs> I was born in 1990 and I'm vegetarian. Tiny, what do we not understand about this? Tiny glass bottles of tiny, tuna paste. Tiny jars. Yeah. Because you only need a little to ruin your food. I literally yeah. have no idea. <laughs> right. Makes me deeply uncomfortable. So, talking of fish bread, um, 58% critical oh, score. Okay. 85% audience score. I can see that as well. Well, it is a tie, gentlemen. One of you's got oh. one right, one of you's got the other right. Matt, you are 1% off of the audience score. Oh, wow. Mm. With 72 for the audience score. Yeah. Critic score is a lot lower than you guys guessed. Oh, god oh. damn. It's, it's Blade territory here. Oh, fuck off, really? It's we lower than Blade. 40s? 46%. Fuck you! Yeah. 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 You're wrong! I know. I was just looking up because it says like similar films and then there's Blade 2 down the bottom teasing me with 50, 57%. Off. <laughs> Damn, like, man. For fuck's sake. That's wrong. Yeah. That's inaccurate. Yeah. I'm, but that's why I'm, we do this. So the episode is like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I think m people might see that number or read a review or whatever and like kind of write it off. And hopefully we're here to be like, no, actually give, give this film its views it and yeah. give it credit. And yeah, Go like out of your way to, like I said, it's on UK Netflix as we speak, so yeah. why not go and check it out, you know? It's like a pound on, net, on, on like Amazon if you want to, or, like, or any DVD market. If you yeah. want to buy it, get it from CX from like 20p. Yeah. And it'll be a good 20p well spent. And Keanu Reeves might get a little bit of money out of that. Yeah. He won't. Exactly. Uh, of course, our pal Roger Ebert did not like Fucking this movie. Ebert. Uh, <laughs> he gave it one and a half stars. Yeah. Um, and so for him and his reviewing system, oh, his was a four, wasn't it? His is out of out of four so stars. This is one and bad. a half out of four. So yeah, confusing. 
I don't know how, why you would do it out of four. It just annoys me. I, I get the simplicity of it's good, it's bad, it's very good, it's very bad. There's no mm. it's okay in the middle. I, I get that. But then that he's introduced of, halves to the equation as the, well. Exactly, so. which just means it's pointless. Here's an eight. Well, he does zeros as well. So nine point scale system, which makes Nothing's no fucking sense to me. Nothing's a zero. No. I mean, th- mm. I'm a zero. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing's <laughs> a zero. And thanks to sequelizers, now you're a hero. From zero wow. to hero. The mask tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there is uh Eber is just just not not nice to this. Just movie, not feeling basically. it. Yeah. Um Reeves has deliberately morose energy levels in this movie, as befits one who has seen hell, walks among half demons, and is of course dying. He just keeps on smoking, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, yes, you're this correct. Before or after Eva got throat cancer? <laughs> Good That's question. That's a fair Because I, I remember he watched Bucket List and he was like, this film is trash. It's like, mm. it's harmless shit. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, but I have cancer. It's like, um, fair, fair. Yeah. It, yeah. Are you ready for the weirdest sentence? Oh, okay. Eventually he confronts Satan. I mean, he's called Lucifer specifically. But sure, fine, Whatever. Fine, fine. Who wears a white suit? Full stop. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is you're this, not wrong. This was the film critic on this planet at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in brackets, Satan to Taylor, I want a suit just like God's. He acts like that's a quote from the movie, and it's definitely not. No. It's a is weird. That, is that fixation. a Bruce Almighty reference? Considering this oh. review, Bruce Almighty, Bruce Almighty came out around that sort of time, yeah, didn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh, and the plot also involves the Spear of Destiny, which is the spear that killed Christ and which has been missing since World War II, which seems to open a door to the possibility of Nazi villains. But no, one and a half stars. That's so weird. That's such a weird... That's such a to... weird run-on sentence that ends with, but no, end I, of review. I've never like read a lot of Ebert's reviews, and I know he has a good <laughs> reputation. You're welcome, every, Tim. <laughs> every time we read one out on the show, it just it feels like one of my uncles describing a film that they half watched on ITV. Very much so. Right? <laughs> I right. always think that When well. it started out, I thought there was going to be Nazis in it because they opened the thing and there was a Nazi flag, but then the Nazis didn't come into there, it. There's an opening weird sentence as well. Uh, where are we? So, Constantine Adrift Between Heaven and Hell is the title. I was like, okay, sure. That fine, makes sense. Fine. Whatever. No, Constantine is not part of a trilogy including Troy and Alexander. Because he's a Roman emperor. The, as in the great. Yeah. Constantine the Great. Oh my god. Yeah. It's not about the emperor at all, but about a man who can see the world behind the world and is waging war against the scavengers of the damned. Actually, quite a nicely written sentence. I don't yeah. dislike the, 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 the technical side of it. I think he's pitching to an interesting audience. Me. <laughs> there was, however, a nice documentary about emperor penguins at Sundance this year. The males sit on the eggs all winter long in like 60 degrees below zero. Yeah, it just has <laughs> fucking... You know who's in it, Aging <laughs> uncle. Just energy When he was on TV in like the and this 80s is, and 90s. This is Rosemary. in 2005. This is yeah. 16 years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, but when yeah. he was on TV, he, was, he had much more flair in how he was saying yeah. things. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. Fucking moving on. It's, 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 I've got... Uh, notable enough that I don't need an editor. <laughs> I need to try no full right. autonomy. I'll say what I want. Yeah. And I won't do a YouTube apology later because it doesn't exist at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Do I we wrote... need this sentence about penguins in the Constantine review, Roger? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I saw it. I liked it. What's the problem? So Constantine is the name of an emperor, and there are emperor penguins. And I saw a documentary about emperor penguins. That's a simile. No, so it's I'm not. going to talk about it in my Constantine review. Like what? the male, the males sit on the eggs in hell <laughs> all and winter long in like sixty degrees below zero. Thrown in in a light there. (laughs) It's not like 60 degrees. It's literally 60 degrees. You don't need the the simile there. That's such a weird... I was convinced it was going to work its way back to... Like he's written it like a teenage girl. Francis (laughs) Lawrence sits on the potential for this movie. Like an emperor (laughs) penguin. (laughs) If you tie that into like, and this has been in production for a long time, just like emperor penguins sit on their eggs. And it's been frozen in hell like winter because it's like minus 60 degrees or whatever. Yeah. Nope, he just moves on. Keanu Reeves plays Constantine. <laughs> that's the next sentence. What a baffling what? man. Uh, I thought I'd have to... That's, again, I like to highlight the famous Ebert ones. And yeah. that is highlighted in... It's picked out in the Wikipedia uh, of Constantine. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, he doesn't like this. I'm going to have to yeah. pick this out. There, there's a, I mean, there are a few reviews from critics, uh, as in people would, who would go to as critics and re- revered at the time. Weirdly enough, Harry Knowles was one of them. Ugh. It's not now. No. But his review of Blade, or Bla- no, Blade 2, sorry, was horrifying. Yes. It's all about just eating pussy. Yep. It's so weird. Harry Knowles. How did we not work out he was a Creepy disgusting fuck? creep earlier yeah. on? Oh, we all kind of knew. <laughs> he hid because he, he, he just, just presented himself as. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so fixes. Uh, we have one each. I'd kind of like to go first. Oh, Billy Big Bollocks! All right. Do you want to know why? Because you pitch is incredibly long. Because it's too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll get more tired as the episode goes on, so we get mine out of the way. What do you guys think? Sure, go for it. Yay! Consent. You're the most religious of the three of us. I guess that makes sense. Colonel Sanders comes down from the mountain with. <laughs> With his team of emperor penguins. <laughs> he comes down with God's secret herbs and spices. <laughs> He's wearing a white suit. It makes sense. Yeah. I want Colonel the suit Sa- that God has. went to God. Went to his tailor and said, I want a suit like God's. I'm not I think you'll find God went to his tailor and said, I want a suit like <laughs> Colonel, Colonel Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> also, Peter Storm, Eric Constantine. Yeah. Could God spice a chicken so big it even he can't eat it? <laughs> this chicken is too perfect for man. It must be destroyed. Put it in a box. Don Constantine finds it and eats it. Yeah. Uh, Wrapped in a Nazi flag. <laughs> yeah. He dabs his mouth with it. Now, what do you guys think of my, re- my pitch? <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> I have changed none of the cast. <laughs> Everything's the same. Gavin Rossdale's a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, ah, finger licking guts. <laughs> that works, actually. Yeah, because he does know. that in Constantine. Yeah. 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 Bring it back round. Yeah. Holy shit. God, oh, it works so well. People are so disappointed with what I've done now. Right. I have a 2010 movie. This is interesting because... Okay. It, I touched on this earlier, right? You did. You can kind of mm-hmm. do it anywhere between now and then. To quote, to quote Keanu Reeves. Future. <laughs> yeah, to quote Keanu Reeves. I've been trying to get this film made. Nobody wants it. He's, he is trying to get off the ground, and sometimes mm. it stops high. So in this universe, we just have to admit or uh, acknowledge it made enough money, it did fine, it gets another mm. one. I was actually, I was curious, do you have budgets uh, at your fingertips, Jack? I do indeed, actually, yeah. Because I, 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 that was I something I wanted to bring up tab. earlier when we mm. were talking about special effects. 
apart from the, the the hell sequence, they are used quite sparingly, which I'd imagine was probably a budgetary I, thing. Mid-tier because I also don't know. This wouldn't have been R-rated, would it? It would have been a PG-13, I presume, in, in the States. I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't because know. Because it's got horror tinges, but there's nothing particularly... Graphic. Graphic or violent. There's no swears, particularly. No, I think it goes out of its way to be quite... He gives the tasteful. finger, but that's allowed. Is it 12 over here? I think it's 12 over here. Yeah. Not 15. Or I think it might be a DVD edit of 15, possibly. Maybe. Possibly. It skirts the line very closely. But, it, but it's it's that thing it, of... It was R-rated at the time. Oh, yeah, was it? Was it was given yeah. an R-rating. Uh, quite controversially, uh, they went for the PG-13 and the MPAA gave it a R-rating in the end. It's too dark. And yeah. smoking. Smoking! Oh, of yeah. course. Uh, so graphic smoking peril and violence, disturbing images and suicide. Yeah. Uh, intense imagery, strong language and use of cigarettes. Yeah. It, it is quite intense, go. to be fair. I, I yeah. think 15 is... America, sort your shit out. Get a middle one between PG-13 <laughs> and R, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. a bit of a weird one. But, but, but all of that contributes to it presumably having quite a smaller budget because they don't want to risk a big, bigger budget on an R-rated film. They, you know, it's a, it's a, doesn't have the name recognition of even a Catwoman. <laughs> its returns will also be lower because of that as well. Yes. Yeah. I was actually surprised at how high the budget is. Interesting. It's uh, ranging from it's estimated to be about eighty million. Okay, so quite high at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. So yeah, for two thousand and five, that's pretty high. Uh, yeah. Some have estimated as high as a hundred million, which mm-hmm. I think is probably yeah, pushing yeah, it a bit. Business, yeah. uh, but it made two hundred thirty million at the box office, which so, is a successful R rated film yeah. back in the yeah. 2000s. That, that's, that's a successful R rated movie yeah. in yeah. two thousand and five for sure. It warrants so another one. I'm kind of surprised they didn't make a sequel. Right, that's, mm. that's unusual. I think there's so much weird background stuff we're going to have to literally just step over and say and, this. And also, if it was... It's the thing of, like, because it it is a comic book movie, but it kind of isn't. It's not a superhero movie. And everyone starts shifting thing, focus. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's... We talked about it so many times before. Road to Perdition is a yeah. comic book movie. Persepolis yeah. is a comic book yeah. movie. Mm. But they're not fucking superhero movies, mm. so nobody thinks of them in the same but, sentence. But Constantine is definitely in that weird grey area where it's you're the, like somewhere in the middle right yeah it's yeah. a DC um, comic but it's supernatural of, yeah. so not really he hangs out with superheroes sometimes mm. yeah yeah definitely but we're not far away then from MCU and Dark Knight kicking off and people's expectations changing and so it's possible it, it got lost somewhat in the shuffle yes entirely and so I've done a weird thing I, I'm releasing it in 2010 mm-hmm. yeah so five years later okay I'm time to go off and do other Spoiler little things. Mine's fairly close to that as well. Yeah, so, mine yeah. is also fairly close. So oh, there you go. go. Look at there us. I think it's the whole like, you know, we're in Dark Knight territory, and I think people are going to go, yeah, it's, mm. it's dark, and, yeah. and enough and time think, for it to become a cult hit. I think it's also a gap in Keanu's schedule. Yes, He's not doing a huge I did, amount. I did around check that. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing as well. Yeah, we talked about earlier, burnout after the Matrix sequels, right? Yeah, yeah. this is this is why we had the Keanu sense of the last few years when John Wick happened in like John Wick was like 2014 2014 yeah, mm. yeah. I keep thinking that was like just a little while ago it feels <laughs> like 2018 doesn't it it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah John Wick was just happened like a couple of years ago it's exactly. like, oh no wait 2020 no, happened it's like, just... oh yeah there's been three of them and they're making a fourth one yeah, you know? yeah. 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 fourth one was supposed to come out at the same time as Matrix Resurrections and now it's 2023 yeah. Yeah. yeah so 2010 is my pitch anyway. for this one and yeah uh, director I'm getting rid of uh... Francis Lawrence yeah just because as we've already established, he does lose a bit of his voice. And he's big, busy with Hunger Games. He's, he's also doing Hunger yeah. Games stuff. I yeah. thought to myself, he'd I be don't just smack like, in the middle of that kind yeah, of stuff. I don't he? dislike him being on Hunger Games. I don't want to necessarily take him off that. I don't, mm, yeah. So fuck it. 
and and I, I think you're totally right about the voice that I've done the same thing for the record. And I think because he kind of loses his voice, you're not missing out on much. Yeah. It's, it's not that clear kind of like, oh, there's no one else that could do this sequel. Yeah, we've had he this did a before. great job with it. Yeah, and we've talked about this before when we've come up with sequels we like to see, or even our main sequelizer pitches, like you controversially kept Zack Snyder for a three hundred. It was like I had to, you have to keep the original director because blah blah. Was you going to get a cheap imitation and all that kind imitations of stuff? Imitations will be shit. Mm. But I think along similar lines to what I was saying earlier, like I think we've gone in three different directions though because there are so many different directions mm. you can go in easily. I think a lot of different directors could make a good Constantine movie. That's the thing. There's lots of people could bring to it yeah definitely yeah i'm seeing this as a chance to redeem somebody as well is it keanu reeves no he doesn't redeem he's always been gold um (laughs) my director is christoph gantz oh now christoph gantz people might say who's that he is the director of brotherhood of the wolf the film i brought up a bunch of times yeah my introduction to subtitles at the (laughs) cinema (laughs) yeah 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 and the french werewolf movie everybody (laughs) yes exactly and Silent Hill. Ah, the Sean Bean vehicle. <laughs> Rose! Rose, I mean, Rose, I mean, um. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm still from, I'm still from, from like, north. Still from, from north, <laughs> yeah. No, ba- basically, I remember my review for, for Silent Hill, I think I got like two or three out of five, and I said, it's not a good film, but it's a great adaptation of the idea of the games. I'm sorry, I just thought of the stupidest <laughs> Silent Hill. Yeah, since mine's gone, it's been very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Oh, dear. To be fair, the film's about mining, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so, so, yeah. It's a mining town. Who do you get? Sean Bean. <laughs> Is that appropriate? So I said it's a mining town. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, so Christoph Gans, I think he's got, and this is the reason I chose him, he has a really good visual flair. He has yeah. an eye for it. I think he's, the, we talk about, you know, the sound design, the production, the the mm. the working with a, a a limited budget for visual effects sort of things, I think he can make it work very, very well. Mm-hmm. I think it could be genuinely impressive. But, I, I like Brotherhood Wolf yeah. a lot, and I think Silent Hill is... Acceptable. Yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's interesting visually, as much as it does just kind of directly pull from, obviously, like the, the foggy kind of stuff from the games a lot. Yeah. But I think it's well shot enough that it, you know... The it, transitional it's, it's scenes where it cuts from yeah. sort of hellscape and things like that, I'm like, yeah. This guy can do yeah. this, and also that again. The, the, yeah, you've kind of got that dichotomy as well with yeah. the, with the Silent Hill stuff of like yeah. the spooky stuff, and then the the normal real worldy kind of stuff it, as well. It's it's also the marrying of CGI and practical effects. There's an effect where there's it's beautiful, hideous bit of uh, creation, which is very Silent Hill. When the character first transitions into this hideous realm, there is a person who crawls out of a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and they have barbed wire wrapped around their. To the front of their face, t- hog tying them to their feet, and it's like mm. they're going. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is disgusting, and it's horrifying. But most of it is makeup, except the legs are green screen. Mm. As in, like, they, as in, sorry, my play like they're in like a morph suit zentai kind of yes. thing. So mm. they're crawling across the floor with this rubbery thing on their back, like a snail. But when you remove the legs, it's horrifying. Yeah. And it's like that mm. is what I'm going for. So yeah, that's cool. why I'm bringing Christoph Gantz in for this. Returning cast: Keanu Reeves. Oh, you didn't bring okay. Shia LaBeouf. You didn't bring Angel Chaz. We he didn't talk... dies. Uh, he comes back as an angel in the post credit yeah, scene. Yeah, and then he too. flies I off. I know. And yeah. then he flies off. He's yeah. got angel shit to do. Exactly. Yeah. Optimus! <laughs> <laughs> He's got to shout Optimus a billion times. Yeah. In two years' time. Longinus! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good... 
for quite oddly sexual name for a transformer. <laughs> I am Longinus Prime. <laughs> I'm here with the Matrix of Leadership to stick in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Michael Bay's Evangelion adaptation. Oh, Christ. <laughs> hard, hard as the passes. <laughs> Is there anything that would upset you more in this well, world? Well, I mean, there's a lot of fans Michael Bay Evangelion. Evangelion. He'd just go, yeah, okay, I found out what I'm going to make this about. It's like, God damn it, it's about there's Oscar's of, butt. There's a lot of awkward sexual shots and stuff in Evangelion. It's kind of Michael Bay already. Let's be honest, Matt. It's halfway there. Arno Bay, basically oh, the same thing. We're gonna, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to just talk about Constantine. So I don't <laughs> give you a fucking slap, my son. Um, right, okay. New cast in the role of Candice. We've got Michelle Monaghan, who's been in mm. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Gone Baby Gone, and mm. she was up in Source Code. But I think this year, if not the year after, kind of thing. So she's mm. very, yes. I think she's very underrated. She is, yeah. yeah. Great in, great in Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Um, great in Mission Impossible Three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Again, very dismissive little role, unfortunately, yeah. but she does mm. well with it. That's, mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the role of Achidium. Oh, he's gone biblical. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going with Haluk Bilganash, who is a Turkish actor. He's known for like doing the Young Indiana Jones. He was in Buffalo Soldiers. Most people most recently will know him as the crazy doctor in the... Uh, it's which, called Halloween. Which one, Matt? Oh, fuck There's me. now three of them. I know. It's the 2018 Halloween, 2019 Halloween. Not the not the original 70s one. Not no. Rob Zombie's one. No. The other one. Yes, that right. one. Yeah. I can't remember the year. pandemic. I'm blaming pandemic. Yeah. But yes, he plays the Doctor now. And he's he's actually really good. He won like an international Emmy like a couple of years ago. He's he's a, a, an incredibly good presence. And if you hear him speaking and see his face, go yes. Now I understand why he's in this film. Cool. Uh, the role of Thaddeus. It's Michael Nyquist, Nyquist, who is now dead. I didn't really, really I completely forgot. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, he was in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and he goes to be Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in same sort of time. Um, I think he'll be very impressive in this role. Mm. And finally, good stuff. Very small role, but it's uh, Khalid Abdallah, who is in United 93, The Kite Runner, in Green Zone in the same year. Basically, um, a very small character, as I say, but someone I wanted to be. Uh, who, could, who could take the role? I, I want actors in smaller roles who people necessarily haven't heard of who will do a great job. I think I really like that person in that role. Mm. In a weird way, like Jaimon Honsu or <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So Candace arrives in Istanbul, tracks down a half breed demon, and kills them. Wow. So really, I'm just lots of shit happens in wow. one go. Cold open. Opening sentence. Yeah. After a mission is completed, she heads to a safe house and learns the location of another demon but explains to her contact that she is still trying to track down an elusive cult. So she's there with a purpose. The handler has no new information, but warns her that there is another demon hunter in the city. We cut to John Constantine. And he's playing cards in a club. The chips represent targeted lost souls in Istanbul. Mm. John wins the game uh, against a half-breed demon, but when accused of cheating, the fight ends with an awkward standoff and the half-breeds back away. John doesn't understand, but the dealer quietly noted that John is marked by a fully-fledged demon and they don't want any trouble. Interesting. So, yeah, lots happen in the very quick opening bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite being the longest pitch, I'm just trying to work through stuff. <laughs> we are introduced to said cult, an extremist Christian sect headed by a man named Thaddeus. That's our Nyquist. The group sacrifice a young boy and read his entrails to divine information. Now, okay. As you do. 
we're going to go fuck it. It's an R film. I, I love the sentence of my they read his entrails for information. Yeah. Full stop. No explanation needed. Yeah. Nope. Just sifting through guts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile, John researches this supposed Mark and liaises with Gustav, a local supernatural expert. Gustav confirms John's suspicions and explains this curse means he cannot leave Istanbul without sacrificing the entire population. Jesus. Just like a sort of Jake, Jake sort of jokestery kind of clause of like, mm. oh yeah, you can go, but if you do, everyone in Istanbul dies. I'm like, right, you right. piece of shit. Mm. John is notably very annoyed by this inconvenience because again, John is like, almost in the moment he weighs up, like, is that, no, I probably shouldn't do bad stuff because I'm trying not to go to hell <laughs> after the events of the last film. The cult are gathered as Thaddeus discusses his plan. They have been searching for the helmet of Roman Emperor Constantine the Great. Oh my god. But Roger Ebert said it wasn't the Emperor Constantine, He Matthew. was wrong. Oh. It was forged with one of the holy nails. This is part of actual, in theory, mythology and stuff. Forged with the holy nails, i.e. the nails in, in the crucifix. And is said to make the wearer invulnerable, as well as resurrect the dead. Thaddeus believes by resurrecting the dead, he will bring about the Book of Revelations and be crowned with eternal glory. The sacrifice has revealed that the helmet is actually hidden in a separate artifact in a local museum. Classic, like, oh yeah, it's been buried, but disguised as this. Right. John summons and speaks with the demon Achidium. John summons and speaks with the demon Achidium and is surprised to learn the demon doesn't necessarily want to mess with Constantine, but cannot escape its own nature. So he's, he's, he, again, it's that almost playful, like, I'm sorry, John. I, I, it's kind of just how these things go. <laughs> it's like, well, why, why would you do it? It's like, because I'm a demon. That's yeah. yeah. It's, 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 he doesn't that's what actually... demons do, John. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost yeah. like that playful... Like... In, the, in the words of Jason Lee, I'm a fucking demon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a fucking demon. Yeah, exactly. John learns the curse was attached to him the second he arrived in Istanbul and would have been added to any high-powered magic user who arrived. John tries to negotiate, but Achidium explains he has nothing of value and to enjoy the rest of his life in the city. So it's like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll trade you. Like, yeah, you've got nothing I want. Bye. Fair enough. So he's stuck in Istanbul for the rest of his life. That's it. Yep. Cool. He was only there just to basically just, just tracking around. Doing that. And we don't really explain why John is there, really. He's just there because he happens to be there. Because okay. mm. I think the idea of him just being set in one location is like, eh, Angel City. So I, I moved him around a bit. Just like, eh, here we are, in Istanbul. What's which... the uh, Constantine world name of Istanbul? <laughs> Constantinople. Bull <laughs> 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 Town or something. No, it's full on Istanbul. We don't even yeah. try him. Mm. Yeah. John then makes his way to the museum to see if he can research Achidium, uh, just to get around a clause or a workaround. Unbeknownst to him, he is being tailed by Candice. While John speaks with one of the curators, Candice notices the distinct sash of the zealots and breaks off from her tail mission. So what happens here is, you know, he goes to do his research. She's thinking, oh, he might be involved in this cult because he's from out of town, causing a lot of, you know, he's stood up, he's got information on him. And then she sees at the same time in the museum, very coincidentally, oh, I recognize this for the, from this particular cult. I'm mm. going to follow them instead. So she breaks off her tail. She and the Zealots get into a fight before they eventually flee. As the fight comes to an end, Candace and Constantine cross paths. John tries to get Candace to ignore the cult, saying they're not worth the effort, but the two reach a stubborn impasse. It's like classic, like, you don't want any of this. And, you know, she's like, yeah. no, I have my own agenda and I have my own things I want to do. Fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. That kind of thing. She would, you know, and the sort of like, he would walk her to the airport, but he kind of can't. Um, John is indifferent to the cult, but when Candace states what they were after, it is reluctantly decided that Constantine should infiltrate the group. Mm. To establish his loyalty with the cult, John acquires and brings them a rare artifact. Thaddeus is skeptical at first, but is impressed by Constantine's knowledge base and feels his name can't be a coincidence. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is destiny. 
a Constantine bringing us the, you know, no, no, no. Yep. Mm. John helps a small group of cult members break into the museum and they steal the chest, which supposedly contains the helmet of Constantine. Upon return to the cult's base, Candace is waiting for them. She says the helmet is in fact a crown, the crown of the first horseman of the apocalypse, and she can help them safely open the chest. The cult don't understand how she can know this, but Thaddeus says it is true. And he's very reluctant. Like, like he, there's very like a knowing look kind of thing. Mm. Constantine deduces Candace has a connection to the cult leader, but stays quiet. As she helps open the chest, the crown is revealed. So it's kind of a helmet, but not really. It's sort of mm. built upon a crown. Constantine then notices an emblem on the back of the crown, and it isn't what he first thought it would be. But before he can say anything, he is betrayed, beaten, and left for dead by Thaddeus. Because Constantine. Yeah. When Constantine awakes, the cult are gone. In the ruins of a temple, the group are gathered, with Thaddeus uh, admiring the crown. The cult members whisper about the fact that Thaddeus and Candace have been overtly avoiding one another. Two of the whispering me cult members are then stabbed by one of their colleagues. Candace manages to fend off one of the attackers, and we have a sequence where the zealots start killing one another. So basically, it's this very slow, long, drawn-out thing with us like, whispering and figuring out what things are. You know, who's this new person? This clear connection, and then they're taken out, mm -hmm. and then and suddenly that cuts the tension, and then it explodes into a big kind of, uh, yeah. But it's yeah. like more of a sort of kind of like a, 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 a stealth assassin game, basically, with all kind of sneaking around, not knowing what's actually what happening. What stealth assassin game could you be referring to that ties <laughs> into all the like Christian mythology, Matthew? Hitman. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the thing you have a fucking shrine to in this room. Hitman. <laughs> you're, you're bald, motherfucker. Yes. It's Assassin's Creed, ladies and gentlemen. Timothy Oliphant's greatest. Oh, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant's finest hour. Michael Fassbender is Assassin's Creed. The, the, the film? Yes, that's his character's name. <laughs> he is Mr. Assassin Creed. <laughs> Candace turns the corner to stab someone approaching her, but John Constantine catches her wrist. That's because it's John Constantine. because ah, it's a, a wrist blade like the Assassin's Yeah, right? <laughs> maybe. No. Thaddeus enters the room wearing the crown and says it would seem they were the only ones left alive. When asked how Constantine found them, he explains the artifact he gave them could be tracked. So it was always one of those clever ruse. He then explains the emblem on the back of the crown is a labarum in a serpent's grasp rather than crushing, rather than crushing it as it originally presumed. So that's a, a, a Roman... Uh, not sigil was one of uh, a banner basically, right? Mm -hmm. And it's always got this sort of thing with the, the Cairo on it, and it's usually crushing a serpent. It's like this is the thing we're destroying the devil, except it's in the grasp of the devil, mm. meaning it's not actually the first horseman's crown, but a tool in service of Satan slash Lucifer slash whatever you want to call it, mm. isn't it? A fallen trick or sorry, a fallen trick to fool men into turning on one another. But rather than interfere, Constantine actively stays out of the final showdown between Candace and Thaddeus, saying whatever is between them has nothing to do with him. So he's still, you know, like, kind of don't care what you're doing mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. I just need to make sure that that thing is not yeah. in the wrong hands. Big battle, full stop. <laughs> Classic Vinny pitch. Shit's cool. Big battle, full stop. Thaddeus. Is, I, do, I, I have a quick question. Please. Is that just a fight? Between Thaddeus and yeah, yeah, okay, and right. it's the classic like, oh, you were both trained to do something very impressive here. Okay, uh, I want to see almost like an early John Wick style, like the, the like the raid, like this is actually really quite mm. intense as a fight. Mm. Um, and I think again with, with, with Nyquist and um, Monheim being trained to do something that's very impressive visually, mm. hopefully. Again, and I trust the director of Brother of the Wolf to make it look cool. Thaddeus is defeated by Candace. There we go. That's the end of that one. Uh, <laughs> 
who explains Thaddeus is her uncle and she was smuggled out of the cult by her parents and wanted to seek them out for vengeance, but it took a long time to find them. So that's that she's explaining constantly why the connection things. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I still don't actually care. Candace then moves towards the crown, but Constantine stops her, explaining the artifact is too dangerous and must be returned. Candace says it's her birthright, but John laughs and states it's a toy from hell. Candace makes a rush for it, but is stopped when Achidium appears. John offers the crown in exchange for lifting the curse, and Achidium is happy to accept, always interested in a fair deal. Mm. The curse is lifted and Achidium disappears, leaving Candace insulting John for not taking a side. John smirks, walks off, using his phone to book a plane out of Istanbul. Interesting. Is that adapted from any particular comic? Or is that, that is that entirely is fresh. There is Dogdom. nothing there from Hellblazer. Mm, nice. I decided from the get-go, rather than taking snippets or bits of pieces, I thought, Constantine is it. I said to my review, it's its own thing. Mm. I might as well just do another story that has the essence of the character, just does another adventure in the life of, like we would do like another Dread being just here's mm-hmm. more stuff, basically. That's why I thought it would thrive. Weirdly enough, I decided to set in Istanbul because I wanted to use... Um, and um, only at that point, I'm like, hang on, Istanbul used to be called Constantine. Oh, cool. Well, they'll find no, a MacGuffin, yeah. it'll be a thing. Yeah. Is there anything I can tie in with Istanbul? Oh, shit, there's the helmet of Constantine the Great. Oh, my God, this is like yeah. running itself. <laughs> and it all just sort of spilled out of that stuff. But yeah, I decided to make it just less about the lore of John and his involvement and just another classic. Just another case, just another day in the life. Yeah, he just happens to be nice. in the wrong place at the wrong time, kind of thing. Rather than his mm. eternal struggle with something else, it's just him being a kind of Mad Max sort of moment, but mm. he's more the observer to the bigger story that's happening around him. It reminded me a little bit of um, Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah. In, in the kind of I got that vibe. Shit would happen that way anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very much so. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you hinted at, I thought Thaddeus and Candice were going to be like half-breeds or some descendant mm. of demons or something like that. You said like, oh, they're not quite a, what they appear to be, kind of thing, obviously yeah. then revealing mm. that they're niece and uncle. Mm. I thought there was going to be more kind of demony involvement there. But I really like you have the kind of, the deal with the devil kind of concept with the Sidium. Yes. I think it works really well. And having... He finally has something to bargain with when he gets mm. the artifact and stuff. I had a, nice a scene touch. that didn't work. I had a scene in there where I couldn't, I couldn't justify why she was there or they were there. And that was with Gabriel. And I wanted the, uh, the, the mortal Gabriel to be like a drug addict mm. and just being like this really corrupted, like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's like, well, this is what it means to be human. Humans are fucking terrible. Mm. It's like, oh, but they can be so great. No, 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 no. Every day is a struggle and humans can be terrible. And then having the parallel being it's like, oh, well, is there, as you say, that you want the underlying threat that, oh, Thaddeus is definitely some sort of demon. There's something yeah. happening. It's like, no, no, no. He's just a crazy dude. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit, really? It's like, yes, mm. because of all this overarching theory of demons and angels and stuff, the, the thing you kept to keep your eye on is kind of people. Mm. That was the idea anyway. Mm. That feels weirdly closer to the to Hellblazer. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the a lot of their stories are just humans fucking around with shit that's beyond yeah. them. Yeah. Very much so. Put the artifact down, human. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Constantine rocks up and says, give me that artifact. I'll take it back to hell. Yeah, we've done it. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Problem solved. Yeah. And that's why I called it, and I think I mentioned this at the start, Constantine, colon, Hellblazer. Hey. Uh, 
But I, I, I thought of a few different titles. I thought, ah, that's good. It doesn't matter. I don't need it. I wanted to call it Constantine the Great at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought, no, I'll just call it. I'll, I'll Constantine, type back in. The helmet of Constantine. <laughs> Constantine's helmet. Wink. Um, no, I was going to. I was just going to call it Constantine's helmet. Because this is a little closer to what people might expect potentially from a comic in this era when we're getting like more must be comic accurate, that kind mm. of thing. But also a, uh, appealing to those who like the first film. That I could do the, a little, little bit of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So let's bounce to Jack Chambers. Hello, Matthew's dog. JC himself. Yeah. John Constantine. Jesus Christ. John Connor. John Carter. <laughs> All them JC boys. Yep. I kind of forget I'm a JC boy sometimes. I'm, yeah. I am just, a, as much as I complain about them, I'm just a Christ analogy. <laughs> You are you're the protagonist time. of sequelizers. <laughs> yeah. The fact that some fucker's going to kill you. And Yeah, and every protagonist is called Jack. Just like, oh, can't, it's a white guy, he's a protagonist. Just call him Jack. And you look like everybody who listens to a podcast. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a beard, but not much of a beard that I've like done it on purpose. I'm just a bit unshaven. I wear glasses. I've got like brown hair that isn't particularly in any direction or any particular style. <laughs> like, hello, listeners. I'm describing you right now. We know. We've seen All some the, of your faces. Yeah, people outside that are going, fuck off. One <laughs> <laughs> being me. How do they turn and look at the mirror and be like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look like every other nerd who listens to podcasts, basically. So are you doing the exact same thing as me? Or are you doing something that's literally your own creation? Or are you doing something that's inspired? But you were a research boy. I imagine I am, be... I am. Oh, you know my research, I feel Matthew. like you're going to be like amalgaming things. How did you guess? Yes. Um, experience. So there's a run from 20... No, 2003, 2004 sort of time. Yeah. Uh, called Staring at the Wall. I think I know this one. Mm. Yes, I'm basing it on vaguely on comics. And yeah, yeah, yeah. People will complain about it and stuff. That's what, but like, that's what the films do. Yeah. And it's basically taking some like well-known characters from the other parts of the, the Constantine stuff, mm-hmm. smushing them all in together. Uh, it's written by Mike Carey, who is... In general, very good comic book writer. A very good comic, very writer. good Indeed. comic writer. Um, you might know him from a bunch of other stuff he's done. The, the... Also does a lot of uh, novels. Yes, like the Devil You Know and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Great. Com- um, he's the writer of Lucifer. Funnily enough, the spin-off of Sandman we mentioned yeah. earlier. He's obviously written Hellblazer mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Is this when they started calling it John Constantine? Instead of Hellblazer or and Hellblazer, I I, don't, I feel like I remember the cover. It's called Constantine Hellblazer. There we go. Which is mm. the title of your. It is, yeah. Not the title of mine. That is too bad. No, but I remember that because again, when the film was a thing that was approaching, I remember they started saying or started positioning the character. Yes. Over the title. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, so this is around sort of. It's around about. Funnily enough, about the release of the film in two thousand and five is when mm. this comes out. Um, this is just getting towards issue 200 so it's like issue 188 to like 193 or something yeah. like that that kind of thing i'm pulling in a few other characters and a few other ideas but my central thing is based on this uh mike Carey dory that i cool. read like i said this is one of the ones i went back and read when i was a teen and got back into comics and wanted to be cool and edgy this is one of the ones i read because i knew it was fairly modern yeah. in the grand yeah. scheme of things so i was like Oh, there's Constantine from the 2000s. That's only like five or six years ago. Cool. I'm going to read that. And I really liked it. So there you go. Nice. Nice. Um, My title is Constantine, the Shadow of Death. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Generic. Cool. No, no, no. no. It's it's solid. Solid. Uh, I'm releasing it in 2012. 
Again, similar around the kind of era yeah, before yeah. John Wick, so we've not gone into the Keonaissance yet, but this could launch it. Exactly. Mm. This might be the the Yeah, because he's coming back get, get from the a ball thing. rolling. Get the ball rolling and yeah, get people excited for John Wick. I mean Wick he was stuff. only in inverted commas, if you look at his actual bodywork, gone yeah. for like what five, six years. Yeah. 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 I know in Hollywood that could be a long term like that felt like, like ages now. Yeah. And he was it wasn't like he wasn't working he during was just that doing period. Stuff nobody cared he was just about. doing stuff like forty seven Ronin and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I was trash. Yeah. yeah. Uh my director, Neil Marshall. Okay. So that at that sense. point, he's done Dog Soldiers, The Descent, and Centurion, which I'm mm. pulling that kind of influence from yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Dog Soldiers. I think it's great. Oh, um, yeah. Th- I mean, that's on the list for sequels we'd yeah. love to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the I Descent is on a list of sequels we don't want to <laughs> see. <laughs> oh, God. Never needed one. Yeah. Uh, Descent is great, though. Terrifying. And I'm going to play with very, like, mine oh, is leaning, yeah, leaning yeah. to the horror side of things, as you mm. can probably guess from my choice of Neil Marshall. Unfortunately, did direct Hellboy. <laughs> 2019, yeah. and but I'm catching him before he does that. Well, I think he's disowned it, hasn't it? As one of those yes. dis- uh, fuck yeah. jobs, and yeah. he's also fucked over by the studio. Type yeah, thing. Some Game yeah. of Thrones stuff. Yeah, he's he starting Game of Thrones. Yes, stuff this, around is, this. this is like season yeah. one ish of yeah, Game of Thrones yeah. kind of. He era, did a lot so. of directing for that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, it's and I know I got a lot of flack for it years and years and years ago. Uh-oh. When I suggested potentially in the mid to late 90s. Having um, Paul W.S. Anderson directing a Jurassic Park film, I went, what the fuck are you talking about? I said, well, if it's going to be a quiet, contained, small thing with, you know, dino crisis, basically, mm. the guy that did Event Horizon could work. Yeah. It's like, no, he did fucking Resident Evil. I was like, yeah, he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to catch yeah. lightning in a bottle with these directors yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, and with people in general, whether mm. that's creatives, writers, actors, whatever. Like. Yeah. Uh, t- People go through ups and downs and stuff throughout their yeah. career. Tim pulling Peter Jackson f- instead of Lord of the Rings <laughs> yes. means he goes off on a more schlocky path, potentially. Mm. But anyway, anyway, that aside. Uh, returning cast, obviously, Mr. Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, in smaller roles, I'm bringing back Rachel Weisz and Peter Stormare as Angela and Lucifer, respectively. Yes. They're even more side characters than they were before. I'm not doing like a full-on direct follow-up to that and all that kind of stuff. Mm. They will appear later on, so I thought I'd mention them now. Threading uh, to make it all feel with its connection. Yeah, 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 mm. exactly. Be like, oh, it's the same Lucifer as we had on the previous ones, and that yeah, all yeah. ties together, mm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, new cast, I have three new characters, uh, all from the comics, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is Gemma Masters. Oh, I know Gemma Masters, yeah. She's his, his niece in the comic book, and... Yeah. Uh, Apprentice uh-huh. for a lot of it as well. Yeah. So I'm bringing in a young kind of like female apprentice, give it essentially like a co lead, female mm-hmm. kind of co lead to play along because Constantine's an asshole the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you need somebody to not be an asshole, kind of what Angie did in the first one and kind of what Chaz does a little bit in the first one as well. Mm. Yeah. You've got them to kind of smooth the edges. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sand down the rough bits of Constantine being a constant <laughs> asshole mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm also bringing in another well-known character from the Books of Magic, which also crosses over with Constantine and stuff. A young man named Tim. Tim Hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, so again, I'm taking him from the comics. This is not the Books of You're Magic. Your own version. Yeah, this is his own yeah. version of him. And lastly, I'm bringing in a fairly well-known, might say fairly well-known, more superhero-y DC kind of character. Ooh. Dead Man. Oh, wow, that's bold. Oh, okay. I, I, I assume we're going to get the look of uh, almost X Men One, X Men Two, where it's like 
You're not going to look anything like the comic yeah. book version. <laughs> you will not be in your red you... acrobats gear. Yeah, but you will have the powers. But I, I would like pale, bald, gaunt. Yeah, dude, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who, who's playing all these roles? Uh, for funnily enough, for Gemma Masters, mm. I've gone with a Gemma. I've yeah. gone for Gemma Arterton. I think she's quite underrated. As yeah, well. I really like Gemma. And she's Arterton. done yeah. Contra of Solace and Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia at this point. She, she's being... She's better than those films let yeah. her be. So, yeah. She she is at the stage in her career where she's like, put the pretty girl in the thing. Yeah. Um, but this could be a nice easy point to say, no, she's fucking mm. capable. Yeah, mm. good job. Yeah. Uh, as Tim Hunter, the, mm-hmm. the young magician, yeah. as we will learn, Mr. Dev Patel. Fucking love that. Yeah. I love, really love yeah. Mr. Dev Patel. Um, Are these all going to be... Oh, these individuals so far... Going to have British or American accents? Uh, good question. I toyed with that thing. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I didn't set. Because we know they can do both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with them doing both. I'm fine with them doing American accents. I'm not fine doing can... both. I pick one or the other. <laughs> so they just swap between each scene. It alternates between <laughs> yeah British uh, and American. Uh, no, I was thinking American accents just to. That makes sense. Originally, I had done it that I was going to be like, oh, reference to the comics, he's English. But as we talked about. The closer you get to the comics, the further you get away from the 2005 film. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think those things would mesh as well as we would like them to, if that makes sense. So I yeah. think keeping yeah. it like, oh, this is a thing from the comics, but this is this film's universe version of that. Mm. This is an American. Tim, Tim is British in the comics, for example. Mm. Gemma, being Constantine's niece, mm. is also British. So it's like... Mm. They're American. Fuck that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Complete uh, sense. If you don't know Dev Patel, first of all, where the fuck have you been for the last <laughs> 15 years? Uh, obviously, Slumdog Millionaire was his big breakthrough role. Uh, this is between Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and the second best Exotic Marigold <laughs> Hotel. Um, so it's between Exotic Marigold Hotels and uh, obviously goes on very recently in Green Knight, which is yeah. spectacular. Mm-hmm. And he's, fa- he's fantastic in it. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, and as Dead Man. I'm doing a Blade 2. Oh, shit. I'm doing a Hellboy. My boy, Luke Goss. Oh, Again, someone else I think is actually quite talented yeah. as an yeah. actor. I don't dislike him. I think he's, he's a good. big, scary, bald guy. Yeah. <laughs> In Blade 2. Not yeah. bad, yeah. man. Not bad. Make him a bit more gaunt. I, I, I wondered if you were going to say... Um, Doug Jones? Doug Jones. That was the obvious mm. choice, yeah. 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 Uh, I think it was a bit too Del Toro. <laughs> no, I actually... <laughs> and I was like, do I do Del Toro again? Because that's an obvious choice, right? Del Toro to do. We talked about him doing Hellboy and stuff, and then be like, it is. Mmm. I actively, I remember sitting there and I, I was thinking about it and thought, I will not. <laughs> For like a day and a half, I had Del Toro written yeah. on my pitch. And I was like, I, I'm going to change that. By the I way, need, I need to get it out of my brain and yeah. onto the screen. Tim, if you pull Del Toro, no offense to you, that's fine. Because I, 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 I haven't. Oh, okay. There, there we go. go. There we go. I think because it's, it's not that it's a late, it's like saying, oh, John Carpenter should do it. Oh, um, um, get Villeneuve to do it. Get uh, David Fincher. It's like they're not wrong. They're right for certain things. We pitch yeah. in cast and sequels and things, but sometimes you, by looking like that, we th- start thinking like a studio. Mm. Was like well, you can't see what people can do. You see what they have done. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Yes, that sounds so, like yeah, a good cast. That I, my, I appreciate my that. three extra members of the cast. Cool. Obviously, other people. Blah 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 blah. But they're the core three that I'm introducing that are going to be mm. key to the story and that kind of thing. Lovely. We open on a young orphaned magician named Tim. Tim Maton. Oh, shit, Tim. Of Sequelizer's fame. There are those that call me <laughs> Tim. Tim. <laughs> um, and this is, of course, Tim Hunter, played by Dev Patel, uh, trying to cast a spell to bring his family back to life. 
kind of tying it back into my Young Avengers thing I mentioned for the MCU. Or, or Full Metal Alchemist. Or Full Metal Alchemist, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, whilst researching a powerful mystical item that could open the doors between this world and the afterlife, Tim unknowingly unleashes a creature, a creature called the Shadow Dog into the world. Cheesy name, stick with me. No, no, I'm on board. I'm on board. John was able to stop Tim from disrupting the life-death balance, but not before the first door to the afterlife was opened, allowing the Shadow Dog to enter our realm. So Tim's playing around with magic here. Constantine gets essentially like a whiff of this and is like, hold on. Because he's died before, because he's been to hell multiple times, he gets that kind of inkling of like, hold on. There's something here. Something's not right here. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and he will basically like you, opening scene, and John Constantine appears at the last minute to kind of stop him. Yeah, and that's kind of like cut to credits, blah yeah. blah, blah, that kind of stuff. That makes sense. Some, also, that the Shadow twenty twelve metal kicks in. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that of the Shadow Dog as well, especially if you could do that. Like some call it the Shutton Hunt. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. versions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is so. We'll get into this as well. Like that's a really good example there, Matt. Of the direction I'm going in. It's this kind of. Talked about, never seen, mythical kind yeah. of creature that would have many different names over many over thousands of years and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, we'll tie into like Shuck over in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Back in Newcastle, and everybody goes, "Oi, get the camera!" Uh, <laughs> even though it's in East Anglia. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> that's our that's like, our like big black dog. Six people. <laughs> yeah, my big black dog is depression. <laughs> um, <laughs> too, too real, Matt. Too real. Uh, following this event. Tim starts having visions of wars, fighting, death, while chaos reigns on Earth. And people start to go mad and violent. So this breaking of and, and kind of twisting of the, the balance between life and death yeah. is fucking shit up in the mm. world. John, his apprentice, Gemma, so just introducing her. There's no origin there. story. She's Stabbed. just there. Mm-hmm. It's been, I'm basically doing this in real time. So like, it's been five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. You know, Keanu Reeves basically doesn't age, so it doesn't matter. That's true. <laughs> it could be six months later, but like it's been a few years. He's been doing stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's in the process gathered this apprentice called Gemma. Not necessarily his niece. I feel like that's a a complication that you don't need in the movies because you have to he then has to have a it's, sister and it's a yeah. whole thing. Constantine feels so disconnected from family. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's he a very comic like a... book thing that they'd be related. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily niece, but at least apprentice yeah. in this. Uh and they basically dragged him along to try and Search for the origins of this, kind of doing the whole we need to go and speak to the uh, find research and same thing. A Constantine yeah, yeah. And they come up short. They battle their way through chaotic streets and get attacked by crazy people, blah blah blah, action scene, etc. Uh little like you get hints of how like Gemma is casting spells and stuff, so she's obviously learnt stuff from mm. Constantine. She can hold her own in a way as well. Again, I'm kind of going for Kind of the she's the female lead of this piece, yeah, and and is going to get as much screen time as John himself, and kind of mm. them being co-leads and stuff. John turns to an old friend who has messed with the door between life and death before. Dead man makes sense. Mm. Uh, are we calling him Dead Man? We are, are. We? Okay. in the same way that he just calls him B Man. Okay. He would just be like, oh, B Man, as a guy called Dead Man, Papa Midnight. Mm. Yeah, it all kind of works in this weird world of bullshit. You just call him whatever you like in this fucking movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, All you need is that one underhand line that produces it's a bit, bit, bit. Uh, okay, we'll have a camera. Zoom. It's like, wait, he's called Devin. Yeah, he's called Dead Man. Well, what are you, what are you gonna call him? We call a guy comes back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> someone says John Constantine. Touche. And then move on. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Deadman explains the story of the shadow dog and the beast. When Adam named the animals in the Garden of Eden, one managed to escape being named. This allowed it to take any form it wanted and even escape to the physical world entirely away from heaven and the Garden of Eden and that. Which I like as a story point. Like, I was like, if you do that Christian mythology stuff, I was like, nice. Yeah, I, I thought, because this is a particularly Christian-y mythology bit of the comics. It is, yeah. And I, mm. that's part of the reason why I thought like that leads on very well from the yeah, very yeah. heavy Christian-influenced yeah. mm. first film and all that kind of stuff. Um, this creature, the beast, then followed Adam out of Eden, hoping to destroy him and his children. The shadow dog was created to protect mankind from the beast. Um, so they're kind of this yin and yang, like forces from heaven, essentially from Eden, from the origins of humankind as we know it. All this kind of stuff. The, the classic standoff slash uh, truce is like, well, there's constantly just the the um, what's one over here the disruption of balance kind of thing. Right? I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Tim tells them about his visions of the Shadow Dog and they come to believe he has been possessed by it and can be used to destroy the beast. Unbeknownst to them, the beast has actually taken a hold of Tim and they've got everything round the wrong way. This is not revealed at this time. This is no, revealed later. But that's cool. But I'm establishing this. This is whole John Constantine is assuming things and he's not the best detective so he's kind of fucked it up and been like, oh, yeah. the obvious answer is this. Actually, you've got it around the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, when he gets wind of things, it's usually at the last minute, and he goes, oh, piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, what happens in the comics is the shadow dog is unleashed, and people think it's the beast, mm. and all the destruction that happens by the actual beast is blamed on the shadow dog. Yeah. So that's what I'm going for here, that you would see this giant, like, spectral wolf type thing, whatever it is, and you would think, that's the bad guy, when mm. actually that's the good guy. Yeah. Um, the shadow dog kind of realizes this as well and attacks Tim. Again, we've got it all around the wrong way and it can tell that the beast is inside Tim, but John is able to kind of briefly ward it off with some some like blood magic or something powerful. Yeah. To like, mm -hmm. it, he can't stop this thing, but he's holding it back as much as he can. Eventually, they're able to trap the shadow dog in a pentagram and Constantine is like, we can't stop this. What's the most powerful magic we know? They do this kind of like mm. satanic symbol kind of thing and he realizes like, oh, that that works. Should satanic magic be working on a thing from the Garden of Eden? Is that how that works? And they start to kind of piece it together. There's little yeah. hints here of like, well, then Gemma's done this like powerful spell, all this kind of stuff. And the beast fully unleashes itself from Tim, killing the shadow dog in the process and basically like shit exploding out of this kid and destroying this big seemingly, hey, we killed the bad thing, right? They kind of realize what's going on at this point. John and, and Gemma kind of put it all together and realize like, that magic shouldn't have worked. That was toying with us. Oh, fuck. We've got this all round the wrong way. Yeah, no. And we descend into more crazed humanity and hell on earth kind of stuff. So I'm going to evoke the kind of, the kind of visuals from the hell on the first one. Mm. Cars everywhere. People running around. Wind. Cli climbing over cars and looking like the demons from the first one. But mm. it's actual humans. Yes. So it's all yes. just gone. That's nice visual. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Um, Lucifer pops in. This is Stormare's cameo here. Again, happens in the comics in a way. And he's like, oh, maybe I should sort that out. But um, ah, it's not really my problem. It's Earth. That's not my realm. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of like pops in and goes, no, thank you. I'll, I'll leave you to, I'll clean up the bits mm -hmm. at the end. Not my problem. Um, you could do the classic, I thought I could bring you to hell, John, but you brought it here instead. Yeah, kind of thing, you yeah. brought hell to Earth and all that kind I'll of stuff. I'll see you later. Exactly. Crime and violence continue to escalate, with many people turning to murder and even suicide. Going for an R rating here as well. Of course. Um, 
not going to be like gratuitous about it, but still going to really want to convey how subject matter, blood sack, blood sigils is going to be a thing. Kind of like the Kingsman scene where everybody goes mental, but we don't have Colin Firth doing the yes shooting around and killing everybody kind of thing. But it's people going mental and attacking each other. The question is, does this end on an anal joke? Uh, yes. Well, there we go. That's the case. <laughs> straight to the bum sex at the end. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Matthew Vaughn and uh, Mark Miller. Yeah. <clears throat> John is captured by the beast's influence, and the beast, we find out, is the one causing all of this violence. It's basically like psychically controlling, and its mm. heavenly influence is basically just taking everyone's deepest, darkest desires and being like, you want to kill your boss? Kill your boss. Mm. Yes. And all this yes. kind of like ominous stuff here. Mm. Um, it's well. kind of like, like the, the, the constant ground in my one. It's that's it's the idea of like, it's all part of the great hypocrisy of what we've got in this uh, mm. first one. Like, we can't actively do this, but we can encourage you to do it. It's People like, are terrible. Yeah. And this is just going like, be terrible, humans. And like, cool, we get to be terrible. Yeah. Everybody's there's looting. There's no consequence, just go for affairs it. Affairs and murder and all yeah. kinds of shit. It's the I love the idea someone's like stabbing someone's eyes out. It's like, I'm going to have an affair. <laughs> <laughs> and then kill my wife. Um, yeah, John is captured under the beast's influence. He's not a great guy. He's got ties to the yeah. hell and demons and all that kind of stuff. And Tim and Gemma are able to escape the influence and have to work together to basically magically trap him from trying to kill himself. Because he says, they obviously know the story mm. from the first yeah. film. Yeah. We don't want him doing the whole killing mm. himself to see Lucifer again. This might be the moment where Lucifer shows up and he's like, you know, you, I'd love to see you again, Johnny boy, and all this kind of yeah. stuff and having that moment there. Um, this allows John to briefly kind of like fight back whilst he's restrained mm -hmm. and basically tries. We now have kind of like a mental battle between John and the beast, which was revealed to be this like big demony creature, basically. Yeah. It's like in the comics, it's like a 150 foot tall devil, <laughs> devil monster thing. But it doesn't look as shit as X-Men Apocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same thing, but crap. Exactly. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And so he's kind of having this mental battle with it. So he's off on another plane kind of doing the battles on multiple planes, Star Warsy kind of thing. Mm. Like, he's having a battle in the mind, trying to distract it, mm. yes. while Tim and Gemma try to sort out the problems on Earth, basically. Mm -hmm. cool. while, while John is out of commission, Gemma turns to Angie for help in accessing Tim's subconscious. Her having this kind of twin connection, her mm. kind of like psychic-y kind of like strength and all that kind of stuff. She's a link now. And, and Tim having visions and all mm. that kind of stuff they're kind of kindred spirits in that way um and they discover the shadow dog when it was killed actually kind of like shelled itself into tim to replace the beast and basically swap them around so uh. these creatures can't be killed they can only be moved from host or plane to plane realm to realm all that kind of stuff yep. um with john distracting the beast the team were able to resurrect the shadow dog from tim's subconscious and take on the beast directly the Shadow Dog unleashes its full power across the world, fighting back the beast's global possession, and Constantine battles the beast in its realm too, teaming up with the Shadow Dog in this cool, dreamscapey, kind of like the opposite of what we would see of the hell in the first one. And together, they're able to fight back the beast and like kick it into another plane of existence or mm. back to the Garden of Eden or mm. wherever, that kind of thing. Locked up from whence it came. Locked up yep. from whence yep. it came in some distant, yeah, all that kind of stuff. With the world saved, the heroes go to find Constantine, but he's disappeared from his magical prison, seemingly killed in his mental battle with the beast. Interesting. In a mid credit scene. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Not a post credit scene mm. of Shia LaBeouf, don't worry. A nurse talks about a recent admission of a John. We see John 
Constantine, awake from a coma in a hospital. He's unable to answer the nurse's questions about his name, age, or where he is. He looks out the window to the scarred and damaged streets outside with a look of fear and confusion in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh. Again, happens in the comics. Mm. It was a, Amnesiac John Constantine was really cool in the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked really well. Mm. Setting up and laying the groundwork for... Mm. Don't necessarily need a sequel, but there's a cool little thing there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There you nice. go. Mm. Is that... And this is in no way meant as an insult at all. Is that the post credit scene from The Last Stand as well? Uh, X-Men The Last Stand, where it's like... Similar, yeah. It is in Xavier dies, but he's in the hospital. So he's transferred his consciousness to... And it's a load of bollocks mm. in that one, but this week's actual sense... This is actual amnesia. Yeah. He, basically, his mind was so like mm. torn apart by his mm. mental battle. See, with, with my one, I feel beast. like you could do a sequel. Eh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Mm. You wouldn't miss it. It's like here's another installment. You can if you want another five years. Mm. With yours, I feel I would want to see that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not nice. to not to put it in chronological order here, but you could totally have yours and then mine. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Are up. we going to do that thing where we just all of our films just work <laughs> marry up? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, I like that. So yeah, short, straight to the point. Like a. The Beast and Shadow Dog thing is taken directly from Staring at the Wall, like I said. I have brought in Tim from other stuff. Hello. Like, Hello, Tim. Because <laughs> uh, I really like him as a character and as a counterpoint. Mm. Again, he's kind of an apprentice to mm. Matt Stockton. He's kind of an apprentice <laughs> to Constantine, mm. and so is Gemma. And I think Constantine having those kind of minds and having them kind of bounce off. Yeah. I didn't want to sideline John too much, which is why I kind of wanted to have him battling the beast in its own realm and all that kind of stuff mm. and showing his strength that way and I think my only change uh, or not even change my, my note as it were would be if I was writing it the, the, the John mental battle would be a complete parallel split to what we're seeing visually so it wouldn't be a, a fight it would be a conversation yes yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not necessarily saying a big punch oh up. no 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 but, but, that, yes, that's yeah. Yeah. I, but then also I'd be very cautious with that because I know people would say, so you're having a big, huge, climactic, epic battle. Yes. And Keanu Reeves is in a room with one person talking. It's not the architect. <laughs> I was thinking Dormammu from Doctor Strange. There we go. That yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's playing tricks, he's caught in a time loop, it's the something wit of like it, that. Yeah. It's, it's a battle of wits and, and, and making, making deals with devils and all that kind of stuff. That yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Than yours, I think that's, that's good. That kind of like... Yeah. The silver-tongued devil. The beast isn't a devil, but it's a creature from mm. that era of the creation of the world and all that kind of stuff. So you've got this kind of... No, I like it. It's not necessarily a battle of strength. It's more about, again, John trying to yeah, mm. use his wits. and It's abiding and by the rules of the time, kind of basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Solid. Cool. That's me. Tim. Hello. Polish us off, please. <laughs> and then give us a pitch. And then give us, a, <laughs> and give us the third and final pitch. Okay. Lie back and think of England. Jesus Christ. New, Newcastle, Newcastle sp- upon time. Sp- I have I have a lot of conflicting information. Uh, Constantine, of, as in Newcastle upon time. Yeah, my, my my brain goes into very conflicting places when I think about England. I'm afraid so <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a difficult one, Tim. Okay, but we'll get there. Uh, my film is also coming out in 2010. Ah, <gasps> cool. So I have to pick between yours and then mine's the sequel to that. Considering fine. we had, I win either way. It's fine by me. Considering we had between arguably like a really rush production, you could. In theory, 2006, but no one mm. would, no crazy man. So from 2007 to a, a, a close future date, we've all hewn very close to a very specific... Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's the, I think because, I mean, the John Wicks have been in pretty much non-stop. Yeah. It feels like as soon as one's done, he's off making the next one. And I don't think any of us particularly want to disrupt that. And then obviously Matrix, 
Yeah, I can that's that. pretty much all he's doing at the moment. Um, yeah, and yeah. it makes sense that none of us want to disrupt that train particularly. So no, no, you have to kind of out. get in there before twenty fourteen ish. Also, um, we're now at the stage where twenty twenty is ripe for a Constantine reboot more mm. than it is a sequel. But then, equally as we've just established, some people might want a sequel. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, what? So twenty ten. Twenty ten. Uh, my film is called Constantine: The Road to Hell. Love Ooh, it. Okay. I feel nice. like that's an actual comic title, or is that not? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but who knows? I'm, actually, I'm thinking about a Ghost Rider one. No, my carry on. <laughs> um, and my director is James Mangold. Ooh. Very good. Uh, Mr. Logan himself. Yeah, so this is, he's done Walk the Line, he's done 310 to Yuma. I am replacing Night and Day. That's fine, the, by, that's fine by that's me. That's such too. a forgettable movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other two are really good, but that's just fine. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously it goes on to do the Wolverine and Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Returning cast. Uh, Keanu Reeves as John Constantine. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there was a pause there, Tim. You had me. Good start. Good start. Uh, and as Papa Midnight, Jaiman Honsu. Oh, brilliant. Love it. I was Very like, much. Another character I wanted to bring back as well. I thought, no, no, yeah. I want to separate the whole thing for me. But mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. much playing the same role as he does nice. in the previous. Mm. Love it. No, it's none of us have brought back Shia LaBeouf because <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. I'd have brought him back. I, I did think I did. There was an early pitch. I was thinking like angelic Chaz is there helping him out or something. Oh. And no, no. And then I thought Angel Chaz, Sh- fucking hell. Angel Shia LaBeouf and sounds like a case for Clive Angel Puncher. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do a real sequel to Constantine. Just Clive Angel Puncher beating up Shia LaBeouf for forty minutes. You got anything to say for yourself, Chaz? And then slowly bring his hands up and just. <laughs> <laughs> the end of Shia LaBeouf music. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Uh, new cast. New castle. <laughs> no, new Newcastle. That's how it's pronounced. That's true. Uh, as Calabraxis. Oh, mm. good name, Tim. Uh, oh, so I'll give you some insight beforehand. Mm. Uh, I have taken elements mm. from uh, certain Hellblazer stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, earlier than Jack has. Cool. This is kind of n- before Jack early... wrote his. Tim was there already. Going <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, this was like early ni- about ninety two, ninety three cool. stuff that I'm taking from. Yeah. Um, and I've basically taken a couple of. It's kind of like an arc and a couple of sort of book ending issues and kind of smushed them together a little bit. Cool. Um. So th- so the name may may be familiar if you're very up on your. Hellblazer stuff, you may. I am not. No, I'm not enough for this. Yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners are. Mm. Yeah. But then I've also made some changes, so, you know. You'll get the same hate that I will, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, Calabraxis uh, is played by Michael Fassbender. Love it. Uh, The heavyweights and the big dicks, that's what we need. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this is post-hunger, fish tank, inglorious bastards. Um, So he's kind of had his breakout moment mm. uh this is replacing him being in jonah hex that's fine Fucking by me jonah hex jonah um, hex is a big piece of shit yeah it's such he plays amazingly so good there's so many talented individuals that in that film, film. Yeah. should be so good the cast is amazing yeah, no. yeah. he plays he plays essentially like the l- lieutenant bad guy in that yeah, yeah and i'm like here you can play the main bad guy mm. so yeah. Yeah. No, no, I like that. Good. Um, and then this is just before first class. Quick, um, quick, yeah, quick and... question. How Irish is he, Tim? 
that's not a question that any of us can answer <laughs> until he opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't start as Irish, but oh boy, does he get Irish halfway I, through. I have no problem with him being Irish in this. Cool. That felt terrible. kind of stuff as well. That because... makes everything a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor old fat man. Uh, as Detective Jimmy Bissett. Ooh. Lee... thought we were going to have a moment of, like fucking uh, cheap show crossover Jimmy Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Uh, no, Bissett is actually, it's the name of the artist who co-created John Constantine. Yes. So. I don't think I knew that for some yep. reason. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've got Liev Schreiber. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, Liev Schreiber. Great actor. Uh, he's he's just a, a great person to cast in things. This is yeah. before the raid, long before raid Donovan stuff, surely. Yeah, yes. Ray Donovan's yeah. like 2016. God, I yeah. don't know time anymore. Yeah, he's been doing that for a while. I think it's like... This must yeah, have been around the time it, he was doing this Defiant is with... Just after Defiance, and he will have been in X-Men Origins Wolverine. There we go. Uh, but it's before Goon... Uh, and oh, yeah. yeah, like you say, Ray Donovan, yeah. um, Spotlight, which I watched for the first time the other day. Uh, he's great in that. Spotlight's Spotlight good. is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. I, yeah. I fucking love that film. Yep. Yeah. As hard as it is to watch. Yeah. He's but... also in the Omen remake, lest we forget. He is, yes. Yeah, this is before he that. Is. Yep. Sorry, not before that. that. This is after that. After that. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Donovan's 2013, by the way. Folks. Okay, so what's yeah. In case all the listeners are screaming at their podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know it's been going on a while. Yeah. That's the thing I think. It, like, it, oh, fin yeah. it finished in 2020, the record. Oh, did it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was like okay. seven or eight seasons. But yeah. yeah. That's, he's paid for his house with it. <laughs> <laughs> paid several, for a few yachts Several houses, stuff. yeah. 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 Uh, as Chantanelle, uh, Christina Ricci. Oh. Like it. Nice. Ricci doesn't get enough work. Yeah. Uh, God, she, that's so true, isn't it? She's uh, in the Matrix Resurrections. Yes. I she heard. is in the so, Matrix, which I didn't know until I looked at her IMDb for two thing. minutes. Blink and you miss yeah. it. Um, she's also in a TV series at the moment called Yellow Jackets, which I've just started watching, and she is fantastic I in it. I've heard mm. interesting things it's about It's very good. Okay. I've only watched the first two episodes, but I'm like, ooh, this is my new jam. Okay. Um, so wasp this, jam. <laughs> it's wasp jam. Uh, so yeah, this is after... That's, that's like... fig jam, for the record. <laughs> Figs are full of wasps. Yeah, go look it up. It's gross. Uh, so this is after stuff like Black Snake Moan and Speed Racer. Mm -hmm. um, she's about to go and do a Pan Am TV show, which was kind mm -hmm. of one of these post Mad Men, like let's set stuff in the sixties, right? Yeah, TV yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, you, catch her any time. Exactly. And then finally, as Nigel Archer. Who will be British because I was you can't gonna, that, have yeah, a character called Nigel. American Nigel. That doesn't Nigel count. Archer. There are no American Nigels. There, yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, we're going to get so many fucking tweets now. <laughs> uh, I have... I'm American and I'm called Nigel, you yeah. bastards. Don't lie to me, you piece of shit. You just said you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Name's Nigel. Um, Nigel oh. Archer. Nigel Archer. No, oh, yeah. so as, as Nigel Archer, I have Toby Kebble. Oh, oh. very good. Pebbles um, fits this world perfectly. This is perfectly. a fucking banging cast, him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this, this cast fucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's just done Rock and Roller and uh, the Nicolas Cage Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I like. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that, Tim. It's yeah, fine. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is just before he essentially goes on his, like, oh, I like doing mocap uh, thing, doing the Planet apes, of the Apes. Apes, apes, oh, uh, So good. Mm. Uh, Warcraft, Thanks, Kobu, the beginning. Yeah, and great. Mm. Kong. Kong. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And also Fantastic Four, but we won't mention and that. And Black Mirror around that sort of time as well. Yes. Yeah. This is about the, about the time he does around Black Mirror. Around 2010, 2011-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Kebble don't do bad performance. He's just he so don't. good. No. Yeah. So yeah. solid. 
He's he's in some bad films, but that's, oh yeah, undoubtedly, he, yes, he is never bad in them. No, there's so many actors like I think Fassbender is a good example of that as well. Yeah. Like he's in a bunch of crap films, but mm. like he's still really good. Yeah, he? he's still Michael Fassbender. Should have should have got an Oscar nod for Shame. Uh, I actually agree entirely. Shame's that. great. Yeah. Shame's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's my new cast. <laughs> Tim ranks Oscar nods based on how much peen did I see. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar not at least. Come on, I saw all of his dick and his so balls. Willem Dafoe has all. What do we want to see? His butthole. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's unpleasantly large penis. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Ben Affleck should have got the side of an Oscar for Gone Girl. An <laughs> <laughs> Oscar statue. Just the tip of the Oscar. <laughs> Tim's out the back filing it down. <laughs> you get this much. Okay. I'll cut that. You won't. No. Keep going. <laughs> Keep it all in, wink. Oh. Uh, okay, so. Cool. I'm so on board already with this mm, Sounds good, sounds good. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm excited. Uh, we open with a creepy scene as a high-ranking mob boss and his associates are murdered at a restaurant and posed like the Last Supper. That's sounds straight really, in with the Christy stuff. Like it's mm. going down a more uh, a David Finchery kind of route here. Mm. I like it. Uh, meanwhile, Constantine is investigating a haunting at a wealthy antique collector's house. It's less Fincher now. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it turns out Constantine has rigged the haunting, uh, so, so it's not there's no actual ghosts or anything, uh, so that he can steal an enchanted rifle from the man's collection. Fucking, nice. fucking John. Uh, this is uh, the Ace of Winchesters, which is shows up in one of the very earliest uh, issues of Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it sounds familiar, it's uh, it sounds like the cult from Supernatural. That's because Eric Kripke stole it, it yep. Yep. basically, yep. like or. or was like, yeah, I'm taking that inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a rifle that can kill demons, basically. Yeah. Uh, so he steals that from the man's collection uh, successfully, but then he is confronted by a half-breed that is also there to steal the rifle and kills it, saving the collector. So he's like, fucking the guy over, but also meaning that he's not getting killed. Yep. Yes, yes. Cool. Um, he visits Papa Midnight to sell him the rifle, and Midnight informs him of the mob boss's murder, and various omens surrounding it. Uh, Constantine investigates and realizes it is the work of a demon he has dealt with in the past. Ooh. Eleven years ago, John is in jail, drunk and penniless. He is freed by Detective Bissett, who has heard rumors about John and wants his help investigating a string of cannibalistic murders. See, this works because Keanu Reeves doesn't age. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. This is Matrix uh, so, Keanu Reeves, so yep, works fine. I'm going to help distinguish between the the time periods um 11 years ago he's going to have a beard because he's Fair down enough. on his luck mm, it's going to it's not going to be john wick beard he, we're not talking long hair yeah. and trim beard not modern keanu it's essentially sad keanu yeah 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 yep, 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 yep. 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 i got that like eight o'clock shadow yeah <laughs> a midnight shadow oh, midnight oh. midnight shadow that's a cool demon name or that's the name of the rifle that kills demons. Midnight yeah. Shadow. <laughs> it's the name of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. It's the name of an uncomfortable villain from the 80s. You go, no, nah, that's racist. Yeah. Played by an African-American. That's exactly what it is. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's also the name of a Bad Eagles album. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, every, every song. I fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in the present, Constantine visits a brothel run by Chantanel, a half-breed demon. Oh. 
Uh, she tells him that the demon murderer would not have returned without reason and that he should investigate the victims. I'm going to ask a question right here, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, it became obvious through the pitch of Jack's and my, my own uh, little mini pitches. Mm-hmm. Is yours R-rated? Are we seeing boobies, Tim? Whoa! Um, it is R-rated. But it's I- still pitching towards the PG-13 crowd if they can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It- boobies, no willies or vaginas. Longinus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I Spear su- of Destiny, not yeah. Longinus. I assume that, it's going to be all alluded to sort of yes, uh, yeah, the I Matrix don't... Revolutions sex club. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, that's quite kinky. It's like, yes, but it's also appropriate for 12. Yes. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, she tells him that the. Uh, I've already done that. Sorry. Fine. Back in the past, John gives Bizet the runaround, but the detective tracks him down. John eventually begins to help when the latest murder victim is a child. In the present, Constantine gathers details on the victims while the demon murderer performs another grisly slaying. With Bissette's help, John performs a ritual with a knife that was left at one of the murder scenes, allowing them to track the murderer. But John, who is drinking heavily at this point, allows the murderer to slip away by accident. In the present, Constantine tracks down Nigel Archer, a psychic anarchist. That's not like his. he does psychic anarchy. He's an anarchist who is also <laughs> a psycho. <laughs> uh, and forces him to perform a seance with several of the murdered corpses. Um, so this is, this is very much directly from a scene in the comics mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, when you get everyone gathered around a table and hold hands and summon the thing, except half the people at the table are already dead. And nice. Like, cool. I like mutilated that corpses. a lot. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Um, so they summon the demon's essence and learn its name, Calabraxis, the Lord of Blades, Butcher of Lucifer's Court. It's a nice name. Uh, well, the... Not terrifying at all. Mm. Butcher of <laughs> Lucifer's Court. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Faster has done a Tom Hardy and picked the weirdest, <laughs> most awkward voice. Oh, hello. Oh. I'm Calabraxis. <laughs> I do so mess the old names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I sorry, saw I, the butcher. I do so mess the old names. <laughs> his voice is still going to be covered up somehow with something yeah, like, yeah. restricting his yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um, the demon recognizes Constantine and congratulates him on slipping free of Hell's grasp before the ritual ends and Calabraxus disappears. In the past, John is frustrated with his failure and goes on a bender, eventually showing up at Chantanel's brothel. We might get a little bit of bisexual John Constantine here. Ah. Cool. Who knows, maybe. I appreciate the representation, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he discovers the murderer has been hiding out there and is easily bested by the demon, which knocks him out. In the present, Calabraxus carries out another murder, and after consulting with Papa Midnight, Constantine realises that the demon is assembling ingredients for a ritual. So he's like taking stuff from the corpses and mm. killing specific people. And and, and when and you realise that after a pattern starts to form, you're like, oh, hang on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what this is for. Yeah, yeah. Back in the past, John is captured by the demon, who identifies himself simply as Cal. Cal points at John's shitty life <laughs> and asks <laughs> why he's trying to buy his way into heaven when he's so intent on making this world hell for himself. The two discuss John's damned soul, Cal's pursuit of murder, and other topics until Cal grows bored and begins to torture John, eventually cutting off a piece of his flesh and eating it. Um, so this is going to be quite a lengthy scene of like Keanu and and Fassbender just kind of like have you made sexual tension? A bit of sexual tension, bit of a face off, etc. Um, etc. Yeah. Et I like it. 
Uh, at this point, John reveals his ace in the hole, having performed a ritual that will allow him to exercise the demon instantly now that it has his blood in his in its mm. system. Mm. Before he can do so, Cal offers John a bargain. He will leave Angel City. I mean, it's just Los Angeles, but you know. <laughs> um, by I love the despondent. <laughs> yeah. Leave Angel City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he will leave town by midnight. <laughs> <laughs> he will leave the city by midnight. Yeah. Um, and uh, take his pursuits elsewhere. Um, and if John dies within the next year, he will not go to hell, but instead purgatory. Mm. He's basically like, I'll see it set that you're, you know, yeah, you know, still you're still shit, but you're not still, that shit. Yeah, yeah, you're still locked out of heaven for what you did, but you know, I'll, I'll sweeten the deal somewhat. Uh, after considering the bargain and negotiating up to three years, John agrees and Cal departs. Mm. In the present, Constantine arrives at the home of Gabriel Tilda yeah. Swinton. Oh, nice. There we go. Uh, and informs the former angel that Calabraxus is hoping to possess their body, which will sustain the demon for far longer than its current human host. The rapidly decaying Calabraxus, so we're going to have a, a, a visual distinctness here between back in the past when it was it's basically just Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Now he's like falling to pieces a little bit. Cool. Nice. Uh, attacks, but Constantine fights him off, having borrowed the enchanted rifle from Papa Midnight. Like I know I sold it to you, but can I have it back for this thing? Which and, is a classic relationship between those two. Yeah, I, I just need it for ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Calabraxus escapes, John. and yeah. Gabriel praises Constantine for his continued good works. <laughs> like I know you got it in you, jar. You're good. You're doing things, and he like tells her to fuck off. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the past, John is eventually freed by Chantanel and returns to drinking only to learn that Cal murdered Detective Bissette before departing the city. John is consumed with guilt by uh, having let the demon free and slips further into self-destruction. In the present, Constantine returns to Papa Midnight and with his help performs a ritual to once again track Calabraxis, discovering in the process that Chantanelle is the demon's quote-unquote half-sister. He returns to Chantanelle's brothel and is, but is once again captured by Calabraxis. The two confront each other once again, and Cal mocks Constantine for all the guilt he now carries about Bisset and all the others he has failed to help over the years. He tells Constantine that he lives free from such constraints, and since his plan to possess Gabriel's body has fallen through, he could offer Constantine that same freedom by possessing him instead. Constantine rejects Calabraxis' offer, telling him that while he does feel guilt and shame, he can also enjoy life's pleasures, while the demon is little more than an animal feeding and killing on instinct. As Calabraxis goes to kill Constantine, Chantanelle intervenes, injuring herself but freeing John. I'm picturing her like she's got like almost like an um, uh, an emergency backup thing of like holy water, oh um, yeah, which yeah. we know like burns through the skin of half breeds, which is what she is. Yes, um, and like using that or something, so she gets like her arm like. Yeah. Exposed by it, but yeah. A sacrifice. <laughs> um Constantine and the demon fight, with John eventually tricking Calabraxus into trapping himself and then deporting him back to hell. Constantine tends Chantanelle's wounds, then limps off to join Papa Midnight for breakfast at a diner. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I'm gonna say this right from the gate. I don't think a single one of these would be 
a bad thing to see. I think they would all be Thank really solid Constantine sequels. We wouldn't need to sequelize our own sequels. No, no, no. <laughs> what I mean is, we, okay, to, to, to refine that, what Jack said, at, and I think we all mirrored at the top of this half of the episode, which is you can go in so many directions. Mm. And yet, despite going elements of the comic completely on our own thing, very different stuff, the core of the character is there. And it's not John Constantine, the Hellblazer version. Mm. It's a continuation of the character we've been introduced to yeah. while still sitting in this universe. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely like all of them. I think they're all really solid, personally. And again, that sounds like I'm just like, you know, self-congratulatory, you know, <laughs> wanking over our own stuff. But I genuinely, as a fan of, mm. of, of the film, I wouldn't mind seeing any of these. I think they're really good. Yeah. yeah. I, think, yeah. I, I think I was, I, I was right, um, first of all, like, the three of us went in completely different directions. Mm, definitely, definitely. Because of the sheer amount of directions you can go in, mm. there are so many yeah. ways to make it work. I am fascinated to see if they actually do get something done. Mm. I would guess it would be nothing like any of these three. And there's <laughs> no. a fourth completely other separate direction. Because bear in mind, Ours it'll be 2024. That's it. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Uh, Ours exists within that point. a specific time window. Yeah. yeah. Where you're in the memory of the film. And so things are still picking yeah. up continuity rather than who is this guy again? There's no reintroduction because you'd have a bit of familiarity. There's yeah. elements of like, oh, this is what the world is, but really, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that we're all in that within a two-year span. You both went 2010, I went 2012. Yeah, that's like, fascinating. That's the most like <laughs> similar thing between our three pitches, yeah. pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. apart from that, they are vastly, vastly different. I really like that you brought a lot more of the demon stuff in there, Tim. Like mm -hmm. multiple different yeah. types of demons and mm -hmm. half breeds and all kinds of stuff that feels very, very tied into the first movie mm. where you know Papa Midnight having that whole thing yeah. where you know kind of like the hallowed ground do not spill demon blood on this mm. and all that kind of stuff it's really cool and the legacy idea that John has faced these opponents over and yeah, over yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's yeah. nice bringing that legacy side of things I, I like the idea kind of like because you get no inclination from the first one like how long he's been going around hunting mm. demons mm -hmm. just that well, he's, you, been, he's been doing yeah. it a while yeah you know um, he killed himself when he was like an early teenager yes exactly teenager yeah. in an ambulance That's and what we he's see. Mm. Uh, how yeah. old he is Reeves years old exactly I, I, yeah I'm, I'm, it's, gonna, it's gonna piss a lot of people off but I'm gonna fucking say it because then it's on the record there's a scene in the Matrix Resurrections where uh, Thomas Anderson Neo whatever we call him mm. is brought out of a pod this isn't a spoiler it's just mm. a thing and again, he's got the whole shaved head look for the most part. Keanu Reeves does age. Yes. It's just he's hidden it very, oh, yeah, very, yeah. very well, well and, with long and hair and a beard. There's all these, you get these BuzzFeed articles where it's like, you won't believe these people who haven't aged in 20 years. And mm. it's like, they're fucking rich. Of course they look good. Yeah. They are rich people. Best lifestyle. In modern day Hollywood, when we have the most facility for like but, hiding in an yeah. industry where you where aging is so frowned upon yeah like yeah yeah even as basic just like skincare has come a long way just yeah. basic like yeah but like if you i know there is like go down to a, your local mm. pharmacy and pay one pound fifty for a fucking yeah you know moisturizer or whatever <laughs> but you can also pay a hundred and fifty pounds for yes. like insane tube. tiny little tube that's like immaculately scientifically crafted and yeah. all yeah. this kind of bollocks yeah. and has all the anti-aging formulas mm. and all that bollocks Hollywood people can afford that shit so they yeah. do <laughs> so it's like there's a reason Keanu Reeves and Paul Rudd and all these mm. people like 
God, he's got such good skin. Like, yeah, no shit. You have mm. access to all the stuff. Ignoring the fact yeah. that, you know, surgery and all yeah, that, and Botox yeah. and all that bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves doesn't strike me as much of a surgery and Botox kind of guy. No. You never know. No. I, I've never but met the fucker. Like, he could be. But he knows also... the look that suits him. Yeah, yeah, and he's also got that Roald Dahl thing of like he's just the loveliest guy. Oh, and yeah. So yeah. it sustains you, <laughs> yeah, in a way that you know you then look at yeah. Nigel Farage and go, yeah, oh, yeah, you're withering from the inside yeah. out, demon. Yeah, that yeah. was the um Katie what's the face. Oh the yes, oh. and it was like her and um uh Halle Berry are the same age. Yes, and yes Halle Berry yes. is like immaculate and looks <laughs> incredible. She's fifty and she's <laughs> gorgeous and amazing, mm. and then. Katie Hopkins That's yes. the one. is this withered fucking skeleton that's yeah. like, look what hatred and bigotry does <laughs> yeah. to you. Evil just this, you. Yeah, evil energy just like withers you from the inside, both physically yeah. and mentally. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get like nice dude what? Keanu Reeves. Like, I know this is a bit Rudd, of a... Lovely yeah. guy. Like, mm-hmm. there you go. That is a weird pat- tangent, but I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, mostly because I've aged hideously. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually, I deliberately chose people... To so with with Fassbender it doesn't really matter so much because he's a demon. He's not established. Good at the same, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Christina Ricci has also aged pretty pretty well. Yep. Um, and so yeah, there's there's not much difference between her in the past and yeah, modern yeah, day. Um, I also speaking so, of which, Rachel fucking Vice, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like my thing, and I kind of unlocked my pitch as I was I was thinking about it because I was like. Well, the Constantine that we're left with at the end of the first one, he's like, he's made a fundamental shift in his behavior to be less selfish. He's like, he's not even smoking anymore. He's on the nicotine gum yeah. and stuff like that. He's, yeah. he's got past the his soul being forfeit kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, it's a lot of like progress that he's made. And it's good as, as, a, as a standalone film, but like, yeah. I worry where it leaves the... Where, where do you pick where, up with where, this? Where do you, you pick up with it? You just bring his happiness. Like, yeah. Oh, extended flashbacks to when he was even more of a shit. Yeah. Um, yes. So we can still have him smoking and being a horrible asshole and to drinking. Each other. Is and, key one and, there as well. yeah, yeah, and motivated by that fear. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, that was that was kind of thinking with mine. I was like, yeah, I I, I want him to still be, but not that I don't think because obviously you guys have got him a more, and I I also have him in the contemporary quote-unquote you can still have plenty of ways for him to be a shit who's just less slightly less of a shit than he used to be yeah that that was definitely a conscious decision from my side of things because i had kind of before i'd like i said i I watched it a couple of weeks ago rewatched it for this and was thinking like uh what do i want to do i i knew i definitely wanted to do something around that kind of staring at the wall thing because i thought it would tie well that's one of my favorite runs when i was Reading it as a teenager, I reread it for this to be mm. like, I still enjoy it. It's still great. <laughs> um, I was like, does Keanu Reeves being an asshole Constantine work to have an apprentice? And you touched on it there, mm. Tim. And I think it's something all three of us have touched on is he grows as a character in that first movie. And that's that's partly why I enjoy that mm. film so much, because you can just have you can so easily have like the surly supernatural detective-y kind of character mm. just mm. be an asshole forever and they mm. never develop and they are mm. they're the mad max thing mm. this is what i do my a, one he's a like force of nature i've got like, this far i'm not really going to go any further yeah mm. yeah. yeah and th- again a million different ways you can go like mm. and i've said that a million different ways in this episode <laughs> funny <laughs> enough but when you have him pop the little bit of gum at the end mm. you're like 
He's making progress. He yeah. cares. He's making some effort. He's got a new lease on life and all that kind of stuff. Good on you, John. You could have killed me, but you punched me instead. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All that kind of stuff. And I, oh, that Gabriel's was my... so good. <laughs> oh. Could have shot me, John. It's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, that was my conscious decision to bring in like Gemma and stuff to show that like mm. he's actually trying to do some good and be yes. a good influence on somebody in the world. And, mm. he's and probably also, not but he's also still a grumpy fuck. Still a yes. grumpy fucker, but you see little hints of him actually being nice to somebody yeah. for the first time since Angela, mm. probably. Yeah, like that kind of thing. And also, there'd be a bit of a legacy behind him without the idea of like mm. I, I'm not gonna be around forever, mm. and I don't want to induct people who are unwilling. As they like, you know, mm. you, they you see them, they see you. But also, if you guys are fucking around with this, then do it sensibly. Yeah, it's like it's the, the, the kindly drug person. Yeah, mm. again, similar thing. Why he kind of like takes Tim under his wing in mine. Tim is already fucking around with life, death. Yeah, he's incredibly powerful, even as a young boy, like magically powerful and stuff. So John is like trying to guide him to be like, you can keep doing that, but don't do this. Stop fucking with life and death. You yeah. can. I can just, just, just. Put the put the blinders on you a little bit. Just point you in the right direction. There we go. That's the right direction. Focus your magic in there. Let's fight the demons. Let's stop the yeah. bad shit from happening. And mm. maybe you know that can be John's legacy, leaving those two behind us. His kind of thing. And and yeah. yeah. Which also parallels nicely as the they can't have direct intervention from angels and demons. Mm. So there is a the all they do is influence. Yes. Like, yeah. That's what he's doing. Yeah. I I love that Matt. You had apart from Constantine obviously mm. nobody from the first film yep and then Jack and I both took different supporting characters yeah. to yeah. bring back that's how good that cast is man yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I really love that you brought back Midnight and Gabriel as well mm. yeah the fact that you touched on bringing back Gabriel and I was mm. like oh fuck I should have brought back Gabriel and then you brought back <laughs> yeah. Gabriel I, like, yeah. 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 I love that the fact that again how would Tim and I have done it you know, she's still on that. Well, there's on their sort of quest of like, you know, I'm still trying to do it. And so it's like, fuck you. It's like, what about my vision? Oh no, drug addict. Yes. Fucked yeah. by society. Yeah, yeah, and the world yeah. is like evil. And it's like, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, there's a lot of different ways to do games. They always and are, yeah. Again, that's a character that goes through a journey, not of their own accord or anything to mm. add, but like the the descent and the fall of Gabriel in the first movie mm. could be it a whole spin-off in and of itself and have mm. Tilda Swinton yeah. as the lead and trying to like reclaim their place in heaven and it all goes horribly mm. wrong or whatever or yeah I, I, God, there's so many cool things see, I do in this universe. so much because i was like a lot of the mythology stuff is like the idea of like what's the devil it's like the devil's one person who said maybe don't do that to god and he said i will fucking end you <laughs> yeah i mean okay we're going with mythology stuff rather than religion and bibles and things but you know what i mean yeah and the, which, the dante most, devil yes yeah. the, exactly precisely dante's devil yeah and and the idea that well, what happens if that happens to Gabriel? Well, they can, they can reclaim something. No, I've just told you an example where someone from mm -hmm. all of known time... A fallen has, angel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you are now. So, yeah. yeah, but maybe I can reclaim place. Did the other one? Well, no, but they didn't want it. Mm. What was their crime? I was like, mine was like, I knew God's plan. No, you don't. That, that's the whole, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Like the, the hypocrisy yeah. and simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Uh, Sh Chantanelle from my pitch is actually, she is directly involved in the fall of Gabriel in the comics. Oh, she's like a, she's nice. like a, a succubus who mm. it's it's like after Gabriel's kind of like become human, um, and Gabriel's sort of much more male presenting in the comics rather yeah. than the kind of androgynous yeah. gender fluid version that we get in the film. Um and she basically like disguises herself as a mortal 
and as as this lovely person and seduces him and then just as they're having sex rips his heart out um and then um it's like then becomes this like tool that john uses he's like nice, she's working nice. with john um mm. uh yeah so it's cool yeah i like that link it's good well, there we go, listeners. So there's three very different yeah. sequels we'd like to see from Constantine, as you probably expected. Hmm. Which ones do you like? Which ones don't you like? What would you mm. change? What was your favourite? And do you have any ideas of your own? I'm, like I said, can't, endless possibilities from the ending of mm. the first film. So if you've got any ideas, do let us know. You can hit us up on social media, all the usual places we are sequelizers. If you can see it on your little podcast app, just type that in. Click the links in the show notes, all that good stuff. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, sort of Facebook. Nobody uses Facebook these days. <laughs> Mostly Twitter. Twitter is usually the best place to get us. Yeah. The the other good place is actually Discord. So you can go to sequelizers.com. You get the links for the Discord. There's a little invite button there. Click there. You come straight in. Everybody gets a warm welcome on our Discord. I love it. There's, there's a literal welcoming committee of gifts you receive now from some of the EPs, some of the regulars in there. Even the new people get involved, and then everybody like claims a gift for themselves, and yep. it, it's hilarious and brilliant. And happened to my boss a couple of months ago, and it was <laughs> he was very confused. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can go to sequelizer.com. You can find the links to the Patreon there. You can find the links to all of our monthly live streams. If you want to see our faces and us talking about films and stuff, we have a YouTube channel. There's all links for that on the website as well. Our merch store is in there. We are working on new merch. Don't you worry, folks. There will be more coming in 2022. And of course, we'll be back next week with more interseason goodness. If you want to follow me on any of the social medias, I am JLW Chambers. Matthew, how can people follow you, your film reviews, your critiques, and your biblical adventures? <laughs> My biblical adventures. Uh, a life of scorn and, and penury. Yeah. Um, Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on the various social media. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. You can go to the red right hand uk to see the reviews that I write. Tim! The Book of Tim in Hell has 23,000 tweets. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can find them all at trivia underscore lad. Numbers accurate as of time of recording. For a moment I thought Tim was possessed. <laughs> You're right, Tim. <laughs> Hooked into that social media dopamine cue. <laughs> so yeah, go follow us all on social media. Let us know what you'd like to see from a Constantine sequel. We might actually be getting one. So seriously, let us know. Yeah. Maybe Warner Brothers or whoever mm. the fuck will see it and be like, oh, maybe Not that's a bad a idea. idea. Not a bad idea. We'll try and point uh, Keanu and various other creative people towards this podcast so they yeah, can get inputs. Yeah. All we can then... do is whisper quietly in their ears. Exactly. Yeah. All we can do is influence as podcasters. All we can do we're is not allowed to directly intervene. Stand outside their house and shout no Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> Make Shia LaBeouf the main character. Sink it all. <laughs> Constantine. Chaz's greatest adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a love story. <laughs> like a sort of Mills and Boone book. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Okay, I'm not going to judge. But on that note, see you next week for more inter-season goodness and thank you very much for listening 